Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Hello, yes, Dan Arjun here. Dan Arjun has been summoned. Please, via the internet, we tell you to please listen to Untitled Wrestling Podcast. It's Tuesday night, you know what that means. Uh, it's time. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for our review of the AEW Revolution 2021 pay per view. Like the fuse, bring that. Well, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. Being for dynamite only works on a Wednesday, eh, lads? Hi. Um, I'm joined as always by Jay and Aaron. How's it going, lads? All good. I, I like that intro, mate. I like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so let's go into a little deep dive into what is either a perfectly fine pay per view or a, oh, um, oh. an egregious, an egregious like war crime against professional wrestling, depending on which side oh, of the well, value. Term. How have you been before we properly get into? It? I feel like I've not booked in years, man. I know well, some some of us didn't book Bloody Monday off did we? So yeah. <laughs> uh, how have you been? Okay. Before we get in, obviously, um, before we get into the, into the review, um, Aaron and Troy were unable to watch it, make it off to our live stream on uh, Sunday night. So thank you very much to the excellent lads from the Dynamite Vince podcast who eventually ended up like three yeah. of them joining us, which was pretty cool. We ended up like a little, uh, a little collab session, which was really nice. I had a good time. Um, it, it was like the most laboured invasion angle ever. <laughs> Sorry, we went over. It's fine. We, we made ourselves look strong. Yeah, it was uh, it was okay. <laughs> we booked ourselves to win. Um, but no, it was it was really good fun. Kept the energy up, and um, yeah, we had a really fun. I had a really fun time watching the lads. It was uh, it was really good. Yeah, Bath. definitely good. Uh, um, we want to talk about really fun times and you know huge debuts. Ooh, baby. Let's, Ooh, talk about, let, let's talk about this pre-show match. So Ooh, yeah. we don't we don't really cover pre-show matches with any with great detail on here, do we? But this I think this is a, a special case we made here. Spoilers! I didn't watch it. <clears throat> <sighs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, the match itself was fine. It was all about it was all about the surprise part for Britt Baker, wasn't it? Yeah, which Jay spoiled uh, for me by about five seconds because his stream was ahead of me. Well, I, oh, I was trying my hardest not to react as much as possible. Oh, no, it wasn't then, this one you spoiled. Sorry, it was the ladder match you spoiled for me. It it was the ladder match I spoiled. Actually, get <laughs> yeah, it right. I'll, I'll let you off. <laughs> this one, I was. This one, I was kind of like. You made I was a, freaking out, and you were going. You, you made some very curious noises. Don't say what it is. <laughs> yeah, you made some curious noises. <laughs> as, um, so, in case you in case you haven't seen, um, so it was meant to be the match was supposed to be Thunder Rosa and Rio versus Britt Baker and Reba, 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 whatever she's called these days. Um, however, on social media for the last week or so, Britt had been saying that Rebel had an injury and would not be able to compete. Uh, and then she came out and cut a promo saying that she'd been petitioning Tony Khan. And the doctor, Doc Samson, and apparently insisting that Rebel was injured. And then she did she say something about like Nyla had beat her up in the in the hallway or something. Something along them yeah. Yeah. Um, whether or not she like like that's an excuse, whatever. Anyway, so Rebel came out with like a crutch and, and she said she went to the Jacksonville Jaguars master doctor team doctor and he agreed with her that she couldn't compete. Uh, so she was allowed to pick her own partner of replacement for the match, and it was Maki Ito. 
Yeah, and, boy. And something that nobody saw coming because, like, she literally rested. She, there, was, there was a match of hers on. It must have been pre-taped that was on in Japan the day before. What? It wasn't pre-taped. Um, Fightful put some notes about a revolution on the select service today, and they actually said that Makita was touch and go, and they'd already made plans for. Uh, I think it was Nyla to take um, Mackie's place if Mackie couldn't make it in time. That's because she, she literally finished the match and flew out that morning to try and like to try and like be, like surprise everybody, which she obviously did. Yeah. She also in a in what is the most wholesome thing I've seen in my entire life uh, came in at the very end of being the elite <laughs> this week, which was beyond beautiful. Oh yeah, it was awesome. So good. Dark Order talking Dark about how like Anna's not there because she's getting surgery and like no one no one can replace her. Like, you know, there's no woman in the world. I, I honestly thought they were building like a Ty Conti thing. Yeah. I, and I, then I, thought, I was thinking if Mackie's there, it's got they've got to have Mackie show up, but like <laughs> in the Dark Order on being elite at some point. And then there she was. It was just perfect. Um she called them all Shout motherfuckers. Surprise, motherfuckers. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the match yeah. was the match was fine. Um, it was um, it was a lot of obviously Mackie's very good at what she does, the character work and the headbutt and stuff. Uh, she worked re- really well with Riho. It was worth note they mentioned in commentary that obviously they have a bit of a history in Japan. Uh, Mackie's never beaten Riho, despite the fact they've, they've met several times. Um, or Brit- Thunder Rosa, or Thunder Rosa. Uh, yeah, they've they've got a history as well. Um, mm-hmm. Britt worked really well on this match. I thought she um, she's she's really proven that she she might in the, in the next couple of months she might be someone who they could trust to sort of carry the division as champion. Um, I think she's she's definitely on her way there. I think she's absolutely taking the belt off her either yeah. at this point. Uh, obviously, Thunder Rosa did Thunder Rosa things, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I was really impressed by um by like Rio and. Uh, Mackie's um, chemistry in this match. Yeah, like I, I, I wasn't aware whether they wrestled much at all, or I indeed Excalibur said they wrestled once or twice. Um, but they do wrestling each other like they wrestled like a hundred times over it again. Yeah, um, so the, the match ended with the typical sort of Reba fuckery. Um, Britt kicked Rosa, sort of sent her into the ropes as the referee was distracted. Rosa got hit in the head with a with Reba's crutch. She got hit in the fucking face with that thing. <laughs> yeah, she, she got the she, bar of the like the T bar across the crutch, like hit her right in the face. Maybe that's why you said Rosa looked pissed off all night. Maybe that's why Rosa looked knew. like in a foul mood when she came out later in the night. Maybe because she, she knew, looked really because annoyed. She, she, she knew Reba was going to hit her within the face of the crutch, and uh, she was yeah, yeah, that might have been <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, Baker Baker scored the, the win. Miss Baker covered up for the pin. Um, good match. What about what about sort of. 10 15 minutes, so it was it had a decent 15 length minutes, yeah. It had a decent length to it. Um, yeah, it was it, it got me, it, got, it, it did the perfect thing, which just it, got you, it revved your engine for the for the main event, didn't it? For the show, it, it was a good, like, warm up match to start the show, definitely. Yeah, it definitely got me, like, in the mood to watch a wrestling show. Yeah, um, it was really good. Uh, so then we go to the main show, it opens uh, very nicely with a, a little tribute to Jim Crockett Jr., who sadly passed away earlier this week. Uh, one of the all-time legends of, of wrestling booking brought us, you know, he brought us your Ric Flair's, your Dusty Rhodes, your, you know, your four, oh, anything to do with the four horsemen, basically he was all over it. He basically made them, uh, you wouldn't have had your Flurvy Dusty feud, you wouldn't have had your Hard Times promo, anything like that without, obviously Jim Crocker promotions, which eventually became WCW. Yeah. So he's a, he's a, he's a massive footnote in the, in the, in the, the, the history of wrestling. He's, he's responsible for some of the, some of the most important 
um, you know, moments in, in the last like, 30 years. 30 years? No, fuck, it's been longer than that. Jesus Christ. Oh, no, yeah. Oh God, we're all old. We're all so old. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of people being so old, here, are you ready for Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Young Bucks? Because that's your opener. Um, sure. To Aaron's delight, I'm guessing the the, the mashup Judas MJF music is back. Oh, the very first, well, the second note I've got is awful cross music's back. Fuck's sake. Um, my first yeah. one is Jr. Really needs to clear his throat tonight. He needs, he needs some strepsils, doesn't he? JR. He, 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 he sounded like he was really unwell. Like, I'm surprised. He sounded like, like he just woke up. Because <laughs> like, he got better <laughs> as the night went on. Maybe he just had a bit of be done an Axel Rose, had a bit of a kip, overslept, and they'd like shook him out and go. Like, maybe they thought, like, we can't wake up until Mackie's gone because he won't know what to do about that. So we'll have to just, like, wait until after the pre show and make sure he's still asleep. And you won't know what to make of Mackie, so, so let's just leave that one where it fucking is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the actual match, a few things I've got. Uh, JR says, well, the music's over, as the crossover music is still clearly playing. Come on, JR, open your ears. Uh, And then when they're about to start, when Aubrey lifts up the belts, Jericho grabs his belt off Aubrey to go, way Like a lad. The the shithousery of that. Jericho being a blade. Obviously, Jericho and uh, MGF do these books like little like muscle pose as well when they get in the ring. But, Jer- but Jericho couldn't actually go down. <laughs> couldn't get that low. He's not a. He's not Glenn Howard, and he can't go low. He needs some fucking DDP yoga, lads. Well, DDP was in the crowd, wasn't he? So maybe, he's, maybe he can hook him up. He was. Use that code, Jericho. Uh, talk as Jericho to get 30% off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, this match really surprised me because I have I have the fear now when Chris Jericho wrestles in tag matches that everything's going to turn into, into like porridge, and that didn't happen this time. It, especially with like Jericho having a sort of um, not not necessarily a tendency, but a more, more of a punch on to uh, want to try and make the match all about him to kind of prove he can still go. Sometimes I didn't do that in this match. Well, well, MG, and MGF like MGF's a great wrestler. He's really talented, but he's not. He doesn't work that quick style that the books like. He's he's much more like, yeah. methodical. Um, but I thought this match was sort of like a perfect like halfway house between like the style MGF wanted to wrestle and the style the books wanted to wrestle. It kind of blended like better than it had any right to. Yeah. Uh, oh, good, yeah. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm finished. Oh, um, just. You're speaking about Jericho just doing stuff for himself. He doesn't intentionally do it, I don't think. No, what I meant by that was um, like um, when he had the match against the Varsity Blondes. I think it was him and MJF the other week. And Jericho was in the match for fucking ages. And it was like, you could see he was knackered. It was like, just get on the fucking apron. Tag match, mate, come on. He's quite insistent on sort of taking a heat sometimes. It's like, you don't need to do that. Like, work to your fucking strengths. Well, speaking of strengths, we had um, so we had Wardlow doing a little bit of interference at the start of this match as well, sort of getting himself involved, making his presence felt, shall we say. Uh, there was a really nice um, early double team move. The Bucks hit the um, the Mercy machine guns finisher. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. That's like the um, the crossbones. It's one one of them gets a net break, and the other one like jumps off, and yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, we had a we, we had a, a 
I'm sure we'll call it Vintage Lion Tamer from Chris Jericho, which was not a Lion Tamer. It was always Jericho. Um, <laughs> Keep going on, dear friend. There, there was a lot there. of um, there was a lot of teasing that uh, Jericho was going for the Judas Factory as much as well, like constantly teasing it throughout the match. Because I, I was thinking they protect that shit more than one wing angel. Like he will fucking win the belt if he hits that. Yeah, uh, MGF hit a crush chop halfway through the match as well, which was a bit odd. Yeah, and then he 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 did a few more because uh, Jericho missed his cue to get in and code breaker. Uh, well, this, yeah. is like, this is like one of my favourite spots of the match, this. So, um, yeah, the box is setting up for the Melter Driver. And on, so they've got MGF in like the tombstone position. And like, as we're about to hit it, Jericho goes, all right, it's, it's a bit slow. But he comes he comes from out of nowhere, as Chris Jericho can, at his, his, his current age. And hits a fairly all right code breaker on, um, is it Matt who does the, the jumpy pit? And uh, Nick. Matt does the tube, so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a uh, that was pretty cool. Um, uh, so- after that, we got a ref distraction. Jericho hits Matt with Floyd, and then Matt kicks out of the heat seeker, which was a bit of a a big one. Well, did, yeah, does he win with it? Oh god, mm-hmm. yeah, easy though, does he? That's that's MGF's like. I'm gonna pin your move, otherwise it's the salt of the earth that he wins. Yeah, yeah. Um, before you carry on, just quickly. Um, when Nick Jackson gets his hot tag and does his usual knee to the face, bulldog, clothesline, all that jazz, uh, Tony Schiavone goes, would that be a burglariot? And then no, he I goes, don't. he continues by saying, I don't know, I ain't ever seen nothing like that. Well, you have, because he does it every single Wednesday in a tag team match. Don't, don't, know, <laughs> don't know that word, carry on. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so it, it, this after the heat, you can be to the sort of like sort of it all sort of like sort of roll downhill into the finish. Now it sort of picks up steam a bit and it gets a bit uh, gets a bit a little, a little spotty, but a little uh, it gets a little chaotic for, in a good way. Um, yeah, yeah. Jericho Judas affects Wardlow because he's up on the apron, flapping his lips about something, trying to trying to you know. He's trying to distract Nick, isn't he? And then yeah. Nick ducks out the way, and Jericho lands it on Wardlow. Yes, Jericho just nails Wardlow. So Wardlow just Wardlow just ceases to exist. He's just dead. Um, and then there's a lovely bit of the match where it's just the Bucks just kicking the fuck out of MGF's head. Yeah, tw- I've I put twelve, but I'm unsure on that number. <laughs> <laughs> he just decided that he hasn't had quite enough super kicks, so he should that, have some more. And there are thigh slaps through the roof. That is, if, that you bought, if, the, um... if you bought stonks and thigh slaps before this pay per view, cool boy, <laughs> you, want, you, you bought at the right time. That that was after he broke up the BZ trigger as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jer- he did a cool spot as well. He did the kind of a uh, ricochet Adam Cole spot where um, Jericho got does the lion south and the Bucks here, like super kick them out yeah. of the air but obviously it's Jericho so he didn't get half the fucking height that Ricochet would have got <laughs> it was, uh, he was, his, his head was nearer the mass than it was the um, yeah <laughs> I, I was worried that he was going to land on top of his head when he did it <laughs> that's how close to the mass he was he, he probably pushed the rest of his weight with our feet like just to get the full rotation round so after that, so after the lion sock kick, they, they give him the BT trigger, then MJF breaks up the pin, then the Bucks super kick fuck out of him, um, super kick Jericho, and then Melter Driver, Melter Driver on Jericho as well for the win. So Jericho eats the one, two, three. 
No. Um, yeah, great match. Uh, like I said, I, I have I have like the the, the the aching fear when Jericho gets to the ring with a hot tag team, but it was this was fine. This was more that I, I, I was, was very worried that um Jericho and MGF were gonna win it a couple of times in this match as well. Would you like Aaron's fantastic star ratings? Hit me man, give me give me them stars. Right. I feel like you're gonna hate me for this, to be honest. Um I've put a two and a half out of five. Okay, I mean, I, I can understand if I can, I can understand if it didn't float you both. I mean, it had everything I like about tag team wrestling. It had it had good well, double team moves. It had MJF getting kicked in the face an awful lot, and then it had you I, know the good guys winning. So I didn't I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought it was a fine tag match. That's just yeah. a solid three, three and a half. Like yeah. this is the lowest thing I think I've got on the card, to be honest. But when my first two notes after match starts is. Jericho incapable of falling over on Buck's stereo dives. Jericho struggles to do the Buck's pose after both he and MGF walk over Nick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Two, yeah, two and a half I've put for it. So yeah, so um, they, they then uh, after this we get a little um, Jr. decides to rest his voice by running down the entire pay per view card. Hey, <laughs> uh, does anyone have the prediction score? Because I don't know them. Yes, so um, let me just bring it up real quick. Talk among yourselves. He has the, yeah. the stat. I, I, I had a spreadsheet because I'm the real stat man, you say. Wow. Give me a confringing pro. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Not, none, none of this fucking whiteboard shite. <laughs> so from the, um, after the fucking from the pre-show. After long, he's got to save on his computer. From the pre-show, me, Jay and Troy <laughs> had Britain Rebel and Aaron had Rose and Real. Uh, and on this match... Where are we? We all had the books across the board. And we all the have the books. So I'm, I'm one behind everyone, okay. Yeah. For now. Okay. Right, so time to pick up some more points. We move into another tag team match. We're going back-to-back tags. We're going for the, well, it's not really a tag team match. We're going for the casino tag team battle royal. Um, oh, Jesus. If you like, uh, like meat bumping meat, then... Um, I, have, I absolutely love this match. I thought yeah. it was so fun. Yeah. This was like, you know, uh, it was like a, a sort of wrestling version of like, you know, when you, you read comics and you get like that two peg spread of like a giant fight. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that, but in real life, it was incredible. Um, so we start off. I'm glad they did it as a rumble as well and not like the yeah, but, but, casino. But, but as always with AW, we say this all the time, they managed to find a way to run story threads through these big chaotic matches and they did it here as well oh, yeah. really well. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'm glad because obviously, like the normal casino battle royals, they like have five people come out once, and I was I was worried that we were gonna like have yeah, five if, teams. If, even though it was one. only ninety seconds, it feels like every team got the like moment to come in and do something. You know, and every you got, yeah, to, you, yeah. got you got you got like a bit of an idea because there were some teams in here who aren't that well known, and you got an idea of like what they were about, like for even for like I mean, 15, 20 seconds. Because of this match alone, I went back and watched a couple of um, Bear Country matches on AEW Dark. I'm getting a Bear Country tattoo, mate. Fuck it. <laughs> so anyway, should we start out with QT Marshall and Dark Orders 10 and 5 uh, yeah. they were in first uh, Santana Ortiz came out next we had um, QT Marshall hitting a stunner like a hey, Hen's Thanks jumps up Dustin Rhodes at the start were absolutely fantastically mm. loud <laughs> And on five yeah. looked really good as well. Five, I didn't realize five. Was, yeah. I, like, I didn't realize five was that good a wrestler until I saw him hit a few moves in here. Uh, five's the first man out though. He gets was thrown it? out by QT. His debut was against Kenny Omega. Really? Yeah, his debut was against Kenny. Yeah. yeah. 
our next in, team in, in like we have QC Marshall's team. Next team in we have Matt and Mike Seidel. Next in we have Stu Grayson and Evil Uno. Uh, then we have the Gun Club. Uh, Jim Ross reminds us obviously they're the sons of Billy Gunn, just so we're aware. Just so you know, yep, um, I've put Colton looks too much like Billy Gunn. It is terrifying, isn't it? It is scary. Like even when he does the splash into the corner, he leaps exactly. Until like I, that. until until I see them together, I'm just going to assume that's Billy Gunn stealing the yeah. from, from one of his other sons. Um, <laughs> next, we have uh, Cesar Benoni and Pretty Peter Avalon coming out, not with a dope uh, entrance where P- Peter Avalon's on a wheelie bed and Benoni pulls him out. That, sadly, uh, Cesar Benoni's tights though were fucking top notch. Uh, JR says a cracker a line, but I say cracker is in a bad way. Um, I'm not going to say who's better at tag team wrestling, but it's Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> I'm not going to say, but here they are. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, literally, I'm just doing that. Um, <laughs> next up, we have the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman. Austin um, Gunn, that uh, cracking famous, uh, as well. During that, yeah. yeah, they come. Uh, so they come. Off, they come hot. Um, Peter Avalon goes out. Um, then the, the Gun Club. Do they both get put out by QT Marshall at this point? Yeah, they're trying to eliminate Benoni, and then um, QT Marshall kind of runs up behind them and eliminates them. That's and right. Then, 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 then we, yeah, we have this like little bit of storyline now. So obviously, um, they're all part of the Nightmare family. Slash. Nightmare Nation, as it probably is now, for some reason. Um, so, Nightmare yeah. Respect Army. Nightmare Respect Army. So QT <laughs> puts put the gun club out. Dustin like turns around, and is like, "Bro, what are you doing, mate? They're on our t- they're on our side." Um, and Marsh just like looks at him, like swears on him, probably, and then just like throws himself over the top rope and takes himself out. Yeah. So QT um, Marshall heel turn confirmed. You, I, you I assume mean, you assume that's going straight into the, into the big shot for you, don't you? Yeah, I mean, QT Marshall was like the heel that made good points there, where he was like, well, I want to win the tag titles. Yeah, we can't, all four of us can't win, and then, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bit, uh, bit weird that, like, he was the heel in that situation. Like, what? Um, and then my new favourite tag team, Bear Country, come out and just... Yep. The hot alarm starts. On everybody. The hot alarm starts going off, and Jesus Christ, do we have to... Uh... We have, we, have to, we have to watch it with a teaser. Um, Bronson and Boulder. What Bronson, and Boulder. Bronson and Boulder. Bronson and Boulder. It's not like it could be a. It's not like it could be a team in Wacky Races. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so Bear Country come in and like immediately pile drive somebody onto somebody else, just to prove that they are not fucking around. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, Garrison on Evil Uno, which, funnily enough, is not the only time somebody's pile drived onto somebody else that night <laughs> in this match. In fact. Um, so next out we get what we've all been waiting for and that is 1400 fans singing along to Tarzan Boy yeah yeah. Like, it, it's still weird with it I, I I think you need more for it Philly oh yeah I mean it's not it's not like 30,000 people is it you know it's yeah not... like I understand wait, wait until the first show they've got like fans back though properly like a full Capacity yeah. crowd, and that's going to be awesome. So, uh, Luchasaurus hoss fights with Benoni, takes him out. Um, he takes Griff Garrison out. Uh, Santana Ortiz get taken up pretty early here. That was some people had them picked to win. Um, 
they were they were a hot favorite and they went out fairly early obviously they're not getting two shots of the books you know nepotism mix. <laughs> um now if you want as, as and i as this happened i said business picked up and then jr said business picked up because uh, the butcher and the blade made their entrance well before that uh, marcus dunn gets involved Oh yeah, well, I mean it's about realm. Right? There's no rules. It doesn't have to like pretend yeah. he's not. Just Marco kept like coming in, like he, he was like he was like on um, Marvel vs. Capcom when you've got like that like, like, little power where like and... another person comes in. <laughs> That's what they are. Marco's stunts coming in for the interrupts. It was more of the really bad like elimination Uno, where Uno had to make a runner into the corner. Yeah, they referenced on BTA and they took the piss out of him. Um, yeah, Uno claimed that it was just really slippy on the apron. He also said that that Nakazawa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's very slippy. So after Bushy the Blade oh. came out, um, Jack Evans appears. A while Jack Evans appears and um, pulls ten off the apron, continuing the, the little Mahardy Dark Order feud. I oh, I completely missed that during the um, during the actual pay per view. It was only when I saw the highlights on BC that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, Butcher the Blade, go after Dustin. Uh, Bunny helps get Dustin out. Bush, uh, Dustin and Marshall are officially gone now. We, we all had the fear, didn't we, that, that Marshall's early exit was going to lead to a Dustin and Marshall win to, to propel that storyline, but thankfully it ended there. <laughs> um, prim- that, this is the point where I'll, uh, the Bunny, sorry, starts to do our insanely high-pitched screeching of... <laughs> like she's yodeling, but she's no yodeling. Mandy? Mandy coming in? <laughs> that what I just said? So next out, we have Private Party. <laughs> They're at 11th, in case you can count. Are they nice... 12, actually. 12th? 12th, yeah. It says 11th, yeah. Um, there's a nice little spot where Marco sort of helps Jungle Boy stay on the apron. When he gets sent out, and then yeah, we have yeah. next up, we have the Super Cringe Jungles, Frankie Xavier, Christopher Daniels. They gingerly make their way down to the ring. Big Tasty's pick. My pick to win. My, my I mean, it was Big Tasty pick these because he's a lunatic. I thought you know because they, they, you know, they talked and they about, well they talked they talked a while back didn't they about like um, how uh, SU wants like one more shot at the tag titles and then maybe they're done. And I yeah, thought this might cover that. Commentary when they came out, didn't they? And I thought this might be their way to sort of like push that storyline because uh, you can just this is going to be a throwaway title shot uh, potentially. You can just you can sort of fire it off, and then Daniels yeah. can get Daniels can get pinned, and Kazarian can batter him afterwards and go off a singles run or whatever. I don't know. Well, basically, when they came out, uh, I can't remember who says it, but they're like the rule only applies to normal tag team matches, two on twos, not battle oh, royals. That. Yeah, but I was thinking like if SU won this, then they could have the match with the books and like have that as their like final match. I I can see them doing that more towards something like double or nothing, or maybe all else. Yeah, like a big yeah. show and have it like a proper nice send off for them, maybe. Um, you, can't, you can't call them that. It's Paul White now. <laughs> a, a Paul White. Sorry, I've got a captain in Sano. Me too. Well, I want captain in <laughs> Um, we all right. want Captain to see them. So next we get probably one of the more surprising things we saw uh, was Bear Country eliminated Dukasaurus. Yeah. It's yeah. a, a big rub for them. And then as they're like sort of marveling in their own achievements, the butcher comes from, rises up from behind like a fucking serial killer and just dumps them both out. 
by himself. The, the butcher looked awesome in this match. Yeah. Like I, I can't I can't credit enough how great the butcher looked in this match at times. Like, he, he looked, looked like he, an absolute destroyer. He looked like the bad guy in a horror film. <laughs> he looked like Swan Thing from Connie. <laughs> he was yeah. He was just coming around just just doing guys in. Um so then we get um Troy's pick and someone else's anyone else? Me. Troy and Aaron's pick to win. Yeah. We have Pac and Phoenix come out. Uh next up we have John Silver and Alex Reynolds as the final team, I believe. Fucking child Jim Crow. Yeah. So then we have the second spot. Yeah. So uh, Alex Reynolds pile drives Marcus Dunt onto Christopher Daniels in uh, a spot I never thought I'd see him once in a match, let alone twice. Um <laughs> Silver and Reynolds hit the Dark Destroyer on Cassidy. That's private party eliminated. Um, John Silver just throws Christopher Daniels like into the air, just because why not? Because he's the. I know, thought he's going to break orbit when he did that. Yeah. Uh, so then we get down to SCU, Reynolds and Silver, Phoenix and Phoenix and Park, and Jungle Boy by himself. That's like you sort of find. They do that like Royal Rumble thing, don't they? Where they're all like in different corners and they all like have a look yeah. around. Like you know, if you're playing SmackDown, it goes like a little cutscene and you can't do anything. Yeah. And, like they all look at each other and then you get you, know, you get the drawback. Um, so they Reynolds the sign. Those they the gobshites. Yeah, Reynolds is out first. Uh, Jungle Boy backdrops onto the floor. Um, uh, Daniels is out first. Phoenix eliminates him with a oh, yeah. I, I forgot about Daniels. Yeah, Daniels yeah. goes out first with a head scissors. Sorry, yeah. Then Reynolds gets dropped out. Then Pack back drops. Uh, back suplexes Kaz. Sorry, which was fucking lovely. Uh, Pack. Pack. We, we haven't talked about Pack much, but we'll talk about him more in a second. But Jesus Christ, he looked like a fucking murder machine in this match. Now, yeah. what a final four we've got. Yeah, so we're like... to Silver, Phoenix, Pack, and Jungle Boy. All the fan favourites. Yeah. <laughs> all, all your favourite yeah. boys. All in one place. <laughs> and yeah, they just they just go at it. Like it's just they just turn the um they just put the foot right down and it's 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 all go no show. I didn't yeah. realise how much I wanted Pac versus John Silver until we got it. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> and now I'm like, I, I want them to have like a singles match, give them half an hour. And just yeah, they have like a little spot here with these blows in the middle of the ring and then Silver kicked pack a load and then Phoenix just ran across the top rope and kicked Silver. Um, well, kicked. Uh, it looked like it was a little off. He did that um, running PK off the, on, along the top rope, didn't he? Which yeah. he's, been, he's been running more and more along the ropes. Yeah, he went, he went, like, he went, he went nearly the full length of the this one. This was, this was nuts. So then we end up with yeah. uh, Pack and Phoenix still and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy by himself. So Jungle Boy's got it all to do. Obviously, his partner's been taken out earlier on. He's He's been put, you know, been put through the ringer. Um, but he takes Pack out quite early, um, leaving us with Jungle Boy and Phoenix. And I mean, talk about matches I didn't know I wanted. Well, I, I, can't, I think I probably know I wanted it, but I, I want it even more now. Jungle Boy and Phoenix. I want all three of these guys to wrestle each other at some point. So, um, Phoenix. So, Jungle Boy ended up outside the ring somehow. I think he went on, he rolled, that, rolled, well, he rolled out, didn't he? I, I think what happens is they, they work against each other so fast that my note goes, a move I can't even name, and I'll put in brackets because they helped me out by saying the Quesadora. And then there's a, he ends up just rolling out the ring after the move, and then Phoenix does a stupidly fast dive. Through the ropes, but flips after he goes through the ropes. He went. Goes, he went through why? the ropes so quickly 
that Rick Knox thought the match was over <laughs> and went to call it, and then Aubrey had to say no, he went through. Oh, uh, mental. Put it this way if Austin Gunn wasn't in that match, he'd be dead. Because yeah. Phoenix just like yeah. materialized in the place where Austin Gunn normally stands at ringside. Oh, honestly. Austin Gunn's iPhone would have gone through his face. <laughs> yeah, so. And then it just goes, they go back on the roof. So the, the, the refs, the other refs, uh, Phoenix is like saying, oh no, I'll do the second rope, i the second rope. So he, they get back in the ring. Um, Jungle Boy gets a poison runner on Phoenix. Uh, and then Phoenix comes back, big kick, clotheslines Jungle Boy over the top. And that's it. Pac and Phoenix are your winners. <clears throat> Point to Aaron and Troy. Yeah, back in the game. Jesus, what a match. dived on him. Pac dived on Phoenix. Like he was like, Phoenix has just scored the winning goal in a, in a cup like, final. Like Newcastle just won something. Well, yeah, uh, it doesn't happen often, mate. He's got to take the victory where they come. Um, oh, geez. I mean, that was like basically a, a condensed Royal Rumble <laughs> in a paper. It's great. Really yeah. enjoyed it. I had a you really good time. Condensed, it, was, it wasn't condensed. It was just they stuck to the timer. Yeah. Is mm. what happened. <laughs> yeah. It's a Royal Rumble that respects the rules. Yeah. Uh, five stars. Yeah, easy, easy, easy. Five stars there, just for yeah, just for the yeah, shoot. I mean, for the last like five minutes, it was worth five stars. Yeah, yeah it was. It was one of my uh, favorite matches of the night. Yeah, like easily. Um, and got then, it. And, and on, to top that all off, we now get the books versus Pack and Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be just stupid good. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, and we're getting Phoenix versus uh, Matt Jackson on Dynamite tomorrow as well. Yes, to so sort of kick off this, this, this kick off the build of this match. We're getting a, a, a nice singles match as well. Uh, so next yeah. up, we have Paul White being interviewed. Um, Dash is asking him for a hint. I, uh, why they, I, don't, I don't understand this. Why ask for a hint? It's going to be on in the next like, hour. Why, why are you asking for a hint now? It's like, it's, you know. Uh, all he says is that no one can outwork him. So, I mean, for a lot of people, that sort of gave it away what was going to happen. Yeah. Did it? AJ Styles. Confirmed. Did, um, I, or did it genuinely give it away for you? I, I, I called. I mean, I'd, I'd already called. I got I, it. Spoiler: I got it right. But um, yeah. as soon as as soon as you said every, that, I was like, as soon as you said that, I was like, Aaron got it right. Spoiler. Apparently so. As soon as uh, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, it's definitely him. Because oh, based on what based on what like people have been tweeting over the um over the past like couple of weeks, a lot, ever, ever a since, lot of people have said like said after the Royal Rumble, Christian like. Is the best oh, Jay, spoilers. We're gonna be building up to that. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> you'd assume people would have seen the paper before they listen yeah. to this. Um, if so you yeah. haven't, well, well, this is awkward, as Jay said. Yeah, Christian, a lot of wrestlers, including like FTR and Christopher Daniels, like AW wrestlers, have been saying, um, after the Royal Rumble, how Christian was one of the best workers in the business and how he had a great mind and his work ethic was great and like you know, his work rate. So, as soon as they put anything about out working, I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely Christian, it's happening. Oh. Uh, so next up, we cut to a few, well, uh, a, few a few special guests in the crowd. We have um, a, a, rather, a rather upset-looking DDP, like stern-looking DDP. I don't know. Because um, he's stuck with some other boy. Who is that guy? Have, have you done any research on this, Aaron? Paul, no. Walter, Paul Walter Hauser. <laughs> I've got the name. I don't really know uh, about him. Yeah, I could be. I'll Google him now. And then Let's we saw else. Al Snow in in an OVW. I didn't realize he's like he's like an executive at OVW now. 
He bought yeah, it a while ago. Yeah, he bought it. Oh, fair play. Um, he owns OVW. He bought oh. um, all the video, all the old tapes as well, apart from episode 1 to 16, okay. because <laughs> WWE still have that. Just say they're worth more or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, Paul Walter Hauser is um, from Cobra Kai, apparently, which I still haven't seen. Oh, right, there, okay. you, there you go. Yeah, fair play. Um, so now we get. I don't, know, I don't know what he does in Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Now we get a nice little video package on the AW Women's Tournament and title match. Yeah. A little build up tournament. So for anyone who didn't watch the tournament, today, spoiler, it was really good. Aaron, you're a dickhead. Um, <laughs> It was really worth a watch. The matches were across the board. The quality of the matches was fantastic. Um, no, I, I, I genuinely do still want to watch the matches. Um, but because I didn't watch the matches, I wasn't really invested in this women's title match until that promo hit. And it was very intense and very. There's a lot of history running through it. That's for sure. Yeah, so um, yeah, they, they build this really well. So uh, for anyone who's not aware, um, so it was Hikaru Shida versus Ryumizanami. Uh, Ryumizanami is one of Hikaru Shida's favourite wrestlers. And so this was sort of like a, a bit of a dream match for her, I suppose. Um, they sold it. They sold it like a big deal. Like, you know, obviously, this was the first time in a long time they'd wrestled. Uh, obviously, Ryumizanami almost retired before she came to Double or Nothing um, and wrestled for AW. And that sort of gave her the, the sort of spark to, to get back into wrestling and, and relaunch her career. So it's really cool to see her come back to America and, and sort of have this chance, this opportunity, which is very really nice. Um, yeah, it's it was a it was a it was a brutal match. Like they they yeah. beat the shit out of each other. Um, yeah, Ryu did that really cool spot where she like goes mad chopping the shit out of uh, Shida. Then Aubrey was like getting in her face, and then she sort of like. <laughs> and after yeah. that, uh, I, I, there, there must be a clothesline on Shida, or Shida just must fall to the ground or something. But it's like a shoulder tackle, and then she kips up, but she kips up really awkwardly. Shida kips up. Uh, does Mizunami laugh at Shida because she kips up from the clothesline, or that her kip up was god awful? <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. <laughs> I don't know. Probably, there's, probably there's more kibble from the clothesline. It was sort of a thread running through this of like they have a lot of respect for each other, but at the same time they both they both sort of know what the other one's capable of, and so but it's also like, so it was almost like a laughing like a disbelief like ah, I can't believe you that you, you just jump up from that whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Match progressed. It just, it just it just got bigger and bigger moves. Um, She'd hit a, a sort of cradle suplex off the top rope. Um, get the dead eye on the stage as well, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of why, why should they proceed to call the crunchy Ang? Yeah, it's yeah. like, nah, it's a dead eye. What are you talking about? It's, <laughs> it's legit Hangman's other finisher, yeah. which he would hit later in the night. Spoilers. <laughs> um, Ryu hit a um, top rope guilty in leg drop. Um, Her leg drops are fantastic. Yeah. Are they? Yes, Aaron, you're yeah. wrong. Accept yeah. it. I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> the, um, as I say, it's not so much the top rope one, but the one she does like on a grand no, the, opponent. That the like the, the snap of them is really good. I, I like the fast ones. It's the the ones off the middle rope or the ones 
from the middle rope onto the apron. Like, they're just not good. I, I think it's just a leg drop, to be honest. I just it, it is it is just a leg drop, <laughs> but it's it's just she like as I say the the running one she does the is really one, good. Uh, they're they're all right, yeah. But. And the the other ones, I think it's just like how like much airtime she gets for someone for someone like air size, size, like a yeah. bigger pair, like bigger person. Yeah, before that leg drop, there's some like really nice sort of stiff clothesline, really hard clotheslines. Um, then there was that. Like after that kick out, like Ryu just clothesline Sheeta in the back of the head, like super hard. <laughs> like, just yeah. like, smacked her. And Sheeta hit the Falcon Arrow for a really near fall. Um, then they just sort of basically beat each other into the floor, didn't they? they? They just like literally beat each other to exhaustion. Like a little spot. Yeah. Which was, like, it was sort of like a, repl- a retread of what happened at Dynamite um, last week when they had that sort of elbow session, you know, where they sort of brought each other to their knees. Um, yeah, and then she she realizes that she has knees of absolute steel and decides to utilize them. Hits a couple of running knees, and then like a, a sort of like soup souped up like super knee, like a corkscrew uh, sort I of a corkscrew knee. As the Tomashi first, but Mizunami kicks out, so she's like, Mi- Mizunami you? kicked out of the Tomashi at one, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. I started laughing and I was like, holy fuck. So she this is amazing. To, she either has to do like the EX version of it, you know, like if you're playing Street Fighter, you have to put a little, put a little extra hot sauce on the move. So she hits the two super powerful, you know, version, uh, like the corkscrew knee <laughs> and uh, with like a jackknife sort of high stack pin. That's good for the three. It's like, do you know when you're playing Mario Strikers on the Wii back in the day yeah. and they would do like massive like spins before they kicked the ball? That's what this court didn't even like. She has to say with two finishes to do it. Like she has to have two of them ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really, really, really good match. Really hard hitting. Um, Ryu looked the hardest fucking nails <laughs> with the punishment she absorbed and kept on going. Uh, you felt like she was, was literally using every weapon in her arsenal to try and put her away, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Oh, no, it was just that even though I wasn't that invested to begin with until the promo like I really enjoyed this match I, I, I'm a, I'm a Shida fan I'll I'll say it I'm a mark for Shida but eh, like didn't really know who this other lassie was Rio Mizunami not loving her leg drops we've stated that eh, but really enjoyed the match she's the hard hitting lassie same as Shida I was like you once, Aaron. Then I saw her wrestle Kong and it changed me as a person. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, the, the leg drop she did onto Aja Kong from like the middle rope to the apron was awesome. That was when I was like, oh yeah, she's got a fucking track and leg drop. Um, yeah, I, the, like this, what was good about this match was going into it, I didn't for a second think she was going to not win. But then during it, there was times I was like, hell, there's an army's going to do this. There was, just, there was just enough moments. Do you think are they, go, are they yeah. really going? Are they going? Like, are, are they really doing this? <laughs> but, there there yeah. was enough moments where I started to doubt that Cheetah was going to win it, which is always a good, like when, always when have, a sign of a when good. When you match have that Toshi kick off the one, you're like, "Well, oh, fuck me! What's, yeah. what, where does it go from here?" Was, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When she kicked out of the Tomashi at one, I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" Like, <laughs> she's going to fucking hit that because she she hit like a weird modified pile driver, didn't she? On um, you could to win it. Yeah. Win the tournament, so I was thinking she's gonna bust that out and be real with it. Well, like that sort of like northern lights into a power driver sort of thing, yeah. 
yeah. I was like, I was thinking like she she's gonna hit that and fucking be be sheeder, and then I'm gonna be fucking baffled as to what's happened. Um, um, so quick score updates. Uh, apart from Troy, we all had Sheeta. So we're all even now, apart from me. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, yeah. Now we're all even. We all have three. Troy is just Troy behind. Oh, no, Troy's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. We're all even. Yeah, we're all still even. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh, I have. Three and a half stars for this match. Yeah, I think that's fair. I give it. I, yeah. I, I could be on that. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a. Yeah. It was a fine climax to this women's tournament. I think. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they both did incredibly well, and it was good to see um, a different style of wrestling represented in the women's division. And like, this feels like so when when they obviously when AEW started, they, they they leaned quite heavily on like some of the Joshi names, so like you know, um, Shida, Ryu, Aja Kong, Emi Sakura, uh, Riho. I think it, I don't think the the AW fan base were quite ready for it when it first happened. No, like, but, I, I, mean, I think I think that the thing was which we we kind of we've touched on on our uh, on the podcast we did about the tournament itself was there was more of a there was less sort of character development and there was more of just a reliance of people to just get it because that's like the AW early on they were very much sort of. Oh yeah, Pe- people like our stuff, so they should like all of this stuff. And it was almost like niece to it. Well, it was niece to a fault. I think a lot of people who dislike, or a lot of people who are very anti AW, probably are anti AW for that reason mainly. I know I found it very off putting at first. I I stuck with it, and I'm glad I stuck with it. But it was definitely something that was a bit of a sort of turn off point for me. Yeah, but it feels like that the the way they present these women has matured now to a point where the crowd could get into it. I think the women's tournament's helped massively because it's given them a lot of space to breathe. Uh, but I think just the way that having had a year or so to sort of work on how they were going to reintroduce this Joshi like influence into the women's division, I think it's been a lot more successful just now. But yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I think I think that tournament has definitely helped a lot because those those people like Rio um, and Shida were two people that. I'd, it wasn't that I didn't care about them, but I, I didn't know enough about them to invest in, the, in them. Yeah. And, I mean, as soon as Rio came back against Eva, I was like, fucking hell, I'm properly invested in seeing her back because I've, like, realised I'd missed seeing her wrestle. Um, and she either, obviously, like, everything she's done in the last year has, like, turned that around for me. Yeah. But with it, with the tournaments, like, a, a lot of a lot of these characters, because you had, like, even if it was just like she the tweeting about it or Excalibur taking like a couple minutes of the match to just explain a little bit of backstory, the character, there was more for me to sort of sink my teeth into and get invested in than there have been pre- previously. Um, they've also announced that they're going to be doing uh, this tournament again next year oh, with sweet. the same format. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm very excited for that. Uh, post-match, there was a beatdown. Nala Rose came out, attacked Sheeta. Vicky Rare came out, started screaming. Um... Yeah. She directs yeah. a save, then Britt Baker, Makita, and Rebel come out to help beat them up, and then Rosa comes out to make the save. It just, it just reset all the story. It just, just that, to reset all the storylines in the women's tournament in the women's division in it. So, Thunder Rosa, one woman comes out and makes five other women shite it. Thunder Rosa's hard as fuck, mate. Thunder Rosa <laughs> still had her makeup on. He thought she was Sting. Oh, ah, okay, I, I got. It. I think it's an easy mistake to make. 
Um, right. So next up, we get a little uh, teaser for Double or Nothing, which is going to take place in May at Daly's Place, correct? Yeah. Um, it's May the 30th, they said, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Which is yeah, also well, a Sunday. Sadly. Well, it's a bank holiday. Bank holiday, Darren, so you might be off work. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. So it's anyway. Right, so anyway, so next up we have Alex Marvez and he's interviewing Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy before their match. Uh, Miro and Kip Sabian come out of nowhere in a very tight hallway, so I don't know where they were stood. Um, Miro and Kip Sabian come out of nowhere. Um, Kip sort of gives Orange a slam onto like a, a flight case sort of thing. And Miro just takes Chuck Taylor and throws his head through a glass panel of a door. Yeah. It didn't even look like fake glass. No. Did, well, it, did you see uh, the picture that uh, Chuck Taylor put up on um, on Twitter? I think it was yesterday. Oh, no. He just put a picture up of his arm after it and just said, <laughs> just like put the caption, fake blood. And it, <laughs> it was just like, it looked, it literally looked like he'd been attacked by like a wild animal. His arm yeah. was like shredded. It's like fucking hell. So, uh, yeah, he, so, he's, he's obviously like, his arm went through that window. Miro, um, Miro then shouts to play his music and uh, then proceeds to drag Chuck Taylor to the ring. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they come onto the stage, um, they throw Chuck into the ring. Chuck is just pissing blood. Oh, his arms, basically. Yeah. His arms <laughs> messed up. He had a bit on his face as well that looked like it was coming from like his, his nose or his eye. So Orange Cassidy is um, not out. He's, he's sort of selling the, the injury backstage. Um, Sabian and Miro and Chuck are in the match. Uh, uh, within our 30 seconds, all three men have Chuck Taylor's blood on. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Kip had it in his beard. Mental. Yeah. Um, they, this was this was a weird match because it, it could have quite easily been on a dynam- just on dynamite and I wouldn't have minded too much but at the same time I, I thought it was quite good on a big show they've made Miro look like an absolute fucking killer. Yeah. So basically this, most of this match was just Miro just stomping the piss out of everything. Um Orange Cassidy finally makes his way into the match. Um, he tags in. He, he sort of does his dive against... He tags in his kip. He sort of gets a bit of offense in. Um, Taylor tags back in, hits a powder over and so I mean, Taylor's really selling, like, he's caught, but he's like... So Taylor looks like a hard bastard in this match. Chuck Taylor, because he's, like, bleeding all over the place. He tags back in, hits some big moves. Um, yeah. Yeah. It basically, it's just, it's just Cassidy and Chuck are throwing everything they have at like at Miro and Kip, and Miro is just taking no fucks. Um, it, this just, is the this is the closest we've got to like PWG Chuck Taylor. Yes, yeah. AW have allowed us to have where he's like a hard bastard who takes the piss. Like one of his last matches in PWG was like a death match with Ricochet. Yeah. So the nice bit of story development we got in this match, um, there was a spot where. Um, Miro shoved Orange Cassidy. So Penelope Ford got up onto the ring apron to distract Orange Cassidy while he was like sort of done the head of steam against Miro. And Miro just shoves him into Penelope and falls off the ring apron and like lands like quite painful looking. Um then Kip Sabian is outside checking on it, but he's the legal man. And Miro is like going fucking ballistic, yeah. like, screaming at Kip to ta- to get in the ring and tag him in so that he can get into the ring. And like Kip looks terrified because <laughs> like he's just yeah. like Nero's just done a murder on his wife, and now he's screaming. And like they're obviously building to an angle. As we said, we said this at the Wednesday, and we were like, 
Tr- uh, Kip's going to be scared of Miro because Miro's like Miro has literally yeah. issues with rage. It, it's <laughs> get, it's going to get to the point where Kip turns face because Miro's like got him to the point of like being like a captive. Yeah. So anyway, so Sabian jumps back in, tags in Miro, gets back out to check on Penelope. Uh, Miro just, uh, um, sorry, Miro nearly gets caught by a, a small back from Chuck. Wherever he comes back, hits the um, hits the what's he called the kick now? Um, it's basically a matchka kick. He didn't say what yeah. it was called. He hits his big kick. It does. I think it does have a name. And then he hits. He locks in the game over. A really like savagely applied game over as well. So he, he sort of locks in like the. Gets the legs and gets the arms in place. He doesn't put the beads with the chin lock on straight away, and then he sort of like grabs it and wrenches it right up. Um, yeah. It looks like it hurts like hell, and Chuck taps instantly um, for the win. Um, yeah, it was good. I gave this one three stars because it was solid. It done its job. It was obviously Miro's a big monster that we've got to be feared of. Yep. I mean, this, really- this match was fine. I would question you giving this more than the opener, personally. Yeah. Uh, this was a so fine match. It, it, it did what it needed to do. It got Miro over as, a, as an absolute destroyer. So, yeah, happy days. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, so backstage, we've got Alex Marvez again. He's just, he's wiped Chuck Taylor's blood off his glasses. <laughs> he's, um, he's wearing glasses, doesn't he? Oh, his suit or whatever. <clears throat> and he's interviewing Jericho and MJF. Um, asked to comment on why they failed to win the titles. Jericho um, takes issue with the fact that he said that they failed. He said, you know, they've been through so much and they just felt a bit short. He said, like any good army, they're going to make necessary changes and they call for a meeting on Wednesday. They're going to have a war council. And MGF sort of sowing the seed here. He says, oh yeah, Chris, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have some changes on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, I now one of two things is going to happen either. Either... Because Wardlow wasn't there, so either Wardlow's getting kicked out of the inner circle, and that's going to be like the big babyface Wardlow versus MJF feud, mm. or more realistically, MJF's going to kick Jericho out of the inner circle, and probably write him off TV for like a couple of months. Jericho will be a commentator for a bit, and then come back and feud with uh, MJF. Yeah, I'm down with whatever. Uh, I'm happy with. <clears throat> I like I like the, the, the got options here with this with this with this inner circle business, and they can go anywhere they want. Really, can't they? Mm. I mean, feasibly, they could actually do both of those things I pitched there. You yeah. could have MJF kick out Jericho and Wardlow, and then MJF, MJF fuse with Wardlow while Jericho's off selling injuries. Yeah, no, yeah. that's pretty much the end of the inner circle at that point, isn't it? But... Remember, you've got um, Sammy in that storyline as well. Yeah, because yeah. one thing I did notice was like Santana and Ortiz were both looking at Jericho like he was in the wrong from the background. Yeah. Which was very interesting. But yeah, we'll find out tomorrow. Aye. Um, yeah, and after that, that we got uh, Matt Hardy versus the Hangman, Adam Page, in a money now, match. I was not forward to this match. Well, I thought this match was a lot better than than um, I thought it was going to be. Yeah, so did I. It's just Matt Hardy. You talk about Chris Jericho from earlier. Yeah, Matt Hardy's like, the boring Hardy. I think he's. I like my Hardy. I think it's getting to the point at the end of the point now where I want to see him in singles matches. Yeah, um, I think in a tag match you can sort of cover for him, like put him put him in private party. I think it works because they do all the they have they have the high energy, don't they? 
I, I like him as a manager for the private party. Yeah, this but, is, I mean, this is a solid match. I mean, they're, they're two they're two good professionals. They're not going to have a bad match. It wasn't. It didn't have the the energy of some of the earlier matches and some of the later matches. Even you know, it was it was definitely a bit more ploddy in its style. But I think that in a way that's sort of worked to its advantage. So obviously, the way they have Hangman matches nowadays is it's all about him setting up for the bookshelf and sort of and their opponent trying to neutralise that. And yeah. then we have plenty of loads of really good fuckery from private party coming out, uh, distracting the ref. There was a bit of an unbelievable spot where um, Hardy gets nailed and then Quinn gets up on the ropes. And then instead of just counting the pin, the ref just ignores the pin to shout at Quinn. Yeah. Which was a bit silly because we should. It never makes sense that, like, if they're, if they're just on the apron. Unless they get in the ring, surely you just count the three yeah. counts. But whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whatever. So uh, Paige sort of plays against the, the, the numbers. He. Um, he sort of knocks Quinn off the apron, does a dive on Cassidy. Um, he went for a book shot. Hardy got him for the side. This is, I thought this is, so I, I had Hardy for this because um, I thought they were going to carry on the sort of hangman decline. Um, and so when Hardy went for the book shot, yeah, sorry, hangman went for the book shot, Hardy got him for the side effect, twist of fate. I thought that, I, I bought that. I was like, oh, fuck, that's it, it's over. They're giving Hardy the rub. Um, nope, Paige kicks out. Um, so then Hardy is sort of like getting trying to get pro party more involved he's like guys come on help me out here and then the dark order wrath like all like six of them i think they were oh yeah all of them are out. so so, so the, the the six faces beat up the two heels um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure seven seven yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. silver reynolds sure. five and dimes funeral grayson and a uh, cult Aye, uh, yeah I'm pretty sure um, JR is well at that point going. It's even playing fields now. <laughs> As it becomes, <laughs> what, eight on three? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Hardy knocks uh, Hangman off the apron, but the Dark Order catch him. They, they, he, they, 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 this is really cool So they sort, of like, they sort of like spring him back up like an old house of black entrance. Remember that? Oof. And um, Hard, um, Hangman uses the momentum to hit the bookshot over the ropes, hit the puck shot on Hardy for the win, which was yeah. really cool. Really yeah. nice, really nice little spot for the finish. Uh, and after the match, we have a big old hug. The Dark Order all get in there, Hangman yeah. Fox, etc. They all get yeah. around them. They get some beers. Cole brings the beers in. Cole specifically brings, as Excalibur calls them, the Dark Order Wisers. Yeah. That's um, what yeah, which wounds me. As someone who's named fermenters after the dog, yeah. they don't even have some top rip beer. Anyway, um, <laughs> called Colcabana, they're obviously bringing in the beer because he's the cool dad who lets kids drink at his house. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they're going to do it anyway, it might as well be somewhere safe. Um, uh, I gave this three and a half. Yeah, again, I think that's about right. Three, three and a half. It's, it, was, uh, it, was, it was solid. Hangman, Hangman's always in thin. Every time you watch Hangman, you forget how good Hangman is until you see him like in the ring. Yeah. Oh, shit, no, this guy's really good. He's, he's, he's a really easy watch when he's wrestling Hangman. I, I genuinely think this might have been like Matt Hardy's best singles match. Yeah. I AEW or just in general? <laughs> just ever. Just ever. <laughs> um, what, what were the... What were the scores after this obviously in the last what, in the last one everyone um except aaron had me around kip yes uh, and everyone except me had hangman for this one so everyone bobbing me picked up a point so at this so point long. um 
I'm Quite one critically, ahead. Jay's one ahead. Now, as I said to Jay at the night, so we all have the same for the main, main event, we all have the same for Sting and um, the Street Fight. So I said to Jay, unless Captain Insano is the mystery sign, <laughs> Jay, is un- Jay is uncatchable. Yeah. Hey, we got a captain, didn't we? <laughs> we did, but not the one you were looking for, Aaron. Um, so before we get to that, oh, no. No, it was after this match. Sorry, we have one more match. Exactly. This one so this match cut. There were ramifications in this match. Um, Jay fucking sold me with a river on this one. I didn't mean to. <laughs> he sold me a he sold me a boat about a paddle. Um, so we have Platinum Max Caster, Murderhawk, Lance Archer, Scorpio Sky, hey. Penta L Zero M, Cody Rhodes, and a mystery. Come, go ahead, Aaron. No, you, there's a mystery compare then. Sorry, I cut you off there. You thought, hey, you, thought, a... you, thought, you thought I wasn't going to mention the mystery competitor. No, no, no. I've got plenty to talk about right. before we even uh, get a, to the match. A mystery competitor who is revealed to be Ethan Page. Right, Aaron, take it away with your bullshit and then we'll get into the cover <laughs> of the match. <laughs> um, Cody in the promo says this isn't a fucking tea party. It's a ladder match. Nah. Oh, great tea party this was he's just listening to some, he's listening to some fall, boy, mate. he's got him on moody yeah <laughs> um, I've never heard the words face and revolution said so much in one minute in that promo <laughs> <laughs> I mean they all want to be the face of the revolution they all will be the face of the revolution oh, they're going to prove oh. that they can be the face of the revolution <laughs> also just a, just a spoiler alert on this match I've never despised Cody Rhodes more than I did in this match well more <laughs> More on that later. More on that later. Um, they're grabbing the literal brass ring as we see it hanging. And then Max did, Caster... Did, did, did you like it, Aaron? It looked a bit Sonic, didn't it? It, it was very Sonic rings. Very. Um, and then Max Caster comes out spitting Wondrous. huge bars. Go on, give, give, me some, give me some of your favourites. Right. G- give me a fat beat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> um... Platinum Max, I make Tony money. I'm a flatten out the chest like a Lola Bunny. Bo, 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 right? It gets better. Jobber in the back got upset tummy because they see me with with the pub like it's always sunny. Sunny in Philadelphia reference. Yeah, well reference that. I like I enjoy that, yeah. Yep. Yo, I got the juice. I'm a cancel your boys like Dr. Zeus. Woof, good one. Uh, I'm a killing you all with the promo. Blood on my hands like I'm Governor Cuomo. Oh, now, if you don't know who Governor Cuomo is, Andrew Cuomo is, is uh, the governor of New York whose administration covered up information pertaining to COVID-19 deaths among nursing home residents. Um, and if that didn't flow your boat on how much scummy he is, um, also as of the late 2020, Cuomo faces allegations of sexual harassment from several women. Yeah, he's been he's, he's been trying to get his goose on all over the place. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, also, when Cody comes out, um, Jade Cargill is seen on the camera going "woo," and Cody clap my way to him. <laughs> yeah, right, she, she she beat him. No, she went on to fear from him. It's fine. Ah, okay. Is that how it works? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's my bullshit over and done with. There you go, mate. So, okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Ethan Page is your mystery um, your mystery entrance. A man who I thought it was going to be until Jay convinced me it was Warhorse, and then he himself bought Ethan Page. Yeah, 
shit up. Um, I I literally um, <laughs> just just to be fair, I was I was like throwing it back and forth all day. Is it going to be Paige? Was it going to be Warhorse? And I was so close to changing to Warhorse myself. <laughs> Clearly, I was well, wrong. What a bastard! <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, yeah. So, um, really, really good match. Um, super, super high energy, blood of big spots. Um, I think everyone gets gets their time to shine, really, don't they? Which is which is great. Yeah. Um, everyone got their time to shine. It's just a shame that. Cody was distracting everyone when he did the stretcher job. Oh. And he was trying to fight his way back through the entrance. Oh, yeah. So, those um, bit, it got a bit weird. Well. So, uh, earlier in the match, or say earlier in the match first, um, Max Caster calls Jack Evans out in the boombox. As he's coming out, 10 appears, and a while 10 appears, and just annihilates him on the ramp. Um, Caster goes to his boombox. Cody hits him with a disaster kick. Um, is where, Cody, where does Cody get hurt? So it's, it's not that long after that, to be fair. Um, yeah. It was it was Pentagon. Yeah, so Penta set up a ladder, like a bridge ladder. And the, him and Cody are sort of fighting on the apron, and then Penta hits a Canadian destroyer onto the ladder. Which he doesn't even sell because he's up within like 20 seconds of it on his feet. Like he's, he's no sold this destroyer through the ladder. So Cody gets up and he's sort of holding his left shoulder. Um and then Cody gets sort of helped. It's just to the back, but he's sort of like in the in the right hand entrance ramp, like visible on hard camera. For like a good. I'm not being funny, right? Like most of this match was Cody getting helped to the back, and then them stopping at the entrance. And every time you got the shot of him in that entrance way, it was distracting because they even commentary were going, "Oh, Cody's Cody's still trying to like convince them he's all right to carry on." It's like it's blatantly obvious Cody's gonna come out and be the fucking hero here. He's it's just absolutely frustrating. Like I I don't mind Cody Rhodes, but it's when he does shit like this where he's like fucking John Cena from ten years ago that's just like, oh fuck off. Yeah, it was and it, and then even when Cody moved out the way because that on Anderson standing there in his white jumper. Yeah, like, you could see on white sleeve in a fucking darkened tunnel where it was like it was like glowing in the fucking dark and it was like, well, if Arn stood there and he keeps popping his head out to see when Cody's cue is. Just, it was just so distracting. So yeah, so the, the match got carried on for a bit and Cody had the back and forth. Then Cody makes his return about sort of 10, 10 or so minutes later. He's got his weight belt in his hand. Yeah, he whips everybody. Um, yeah, he's got his, he's like proper like selling that his left arm's like useless. Um, gets up to the top of the ladder there's a load of really cool sp- I mean to be fair there are a load of really cool spots and then when like two guys got the ladder and then someone else comes in and they they, they, they rotate it really well and it you don't, you've, got, you've got no idea like where it's going or who's going to end up on top they do a really good job of keeping you guessing for the most for the most part of this match um, yeah one of the one of the highlights from later was when um, Lance Archer gave Max Castle the blackout onto the ladder which is quite nice yeah, uh, Jake, yeah. Jake was going off like he just won the lottery it was great so I was like, um, when the Scorpius guy does a frog splash on Ethan Page when he's on top of the ladder, mm. uh, that did look like it hurt on the landing. 
I um, I can't even remember this guy goes through the ladder. Is it Archer chokes slamming him through or throwing him through? I think so, yeah. Does yeah. he do like a pop up knee on him and he fall, he bounces off the as he's going for a springbok? That that's right. Yeah. Um well he does that, goes through the ladder, and now I'm thinking, ah fuck. And then the match continues to go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> So then, yeah. sort of towards the end, you've got Penta up the ladder. Cody comes in, hits a Cody cutter on Penta, um, like the hero he is. Yeah, Cody climbs up the ladder. Then Penta's back with the chair, hits Cody in his bad arm, shoves Cody off. Um, then Penta does a little taunt, climbs up the ladder. Scorpio Sky runs in, hits Penta with the chair in the ankle. Does it crucially, so he like wrecks Penta's ankle. Uh, Spence down. He can't. He can't put any weight on his ankle, so he's kind of out. And then Scorpius guy climbs up the ladder. Cody climbs up the other side. They get to the top, and then a little bit of a heel turn from Sky here. Because he sort of like he sort of like goes at the face of Cody, doesn't he? Um, he's like, it was like him. Um, he was there was like, already. Yeah, it was like the it was like the Lion King where Scar's killing Mufasa, <laughs> and he was like in Cody's face, and he was like. It belongs to me now, and then just like pie face Cody off the ladder, because <laughs> um, you know Cody had to be the fucker on the ladder who gets shoved off. Couldn't have been anyone else. Yeah, but um, a, little, a little despicable move by Sky just to throw Cody off, and then Sky takes down the ring, and he's off to the bonus stage to try and win the Chaos Emerald. <laughs> there was there was one there was one other um, really funny bit in this match. I say funny; it was quite scary, but it was good. Um, uh, Archer's up the ladder, and Paige like low blows Archer, and then hits a razor's edge off the ladder. Yeah. He's got him off for ages. <laughs> And then yeah. he comes in and fucking short arm clotheslined him. <laughs> and Penta super kicked him in the heart. Oh, yeah. Penta super kicked Jake. And, and then, Jake like, Roberts. everyone's checking on Jake. And it was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got three refs run up to Jake and make sure he's still alive. I mean, <laughs> thankfully, he was fine. Uh, there was another yeah, nice moment where, um, I think it was before that, which is why he, he, he sort of went all out. It's a bit of moments earlier where, like, like, Archie was on the ladder and Ethan Bay just hits him in the back. And Archie just, like, looks at him I think just gets down and murders him. Yeah. Which was quite cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, but that, there you go. That was a, it was a fun ladder match. I uh, really enjoyed it. Obviously, the Cody stuff was a bit distracting, but I think the the action in the ring was really good. They did a really good, like I said, they did a really good job of like sort of keeping you guessing towards the end of like they, they, they had a really quick turnover of guys on the ladder at the end, which was really nice. Yeah, I I, I thought it was a good match. Um, the once like the Cody stuff had kind of played out because that was very very distracting, yeah, and then we get. We're getting Scorpio Sky versus Darby Allen on Wednesday. Which on nice. Wednesday, well, I would say if he's still alive, but he was in the scrum at the end of the night. So, mm. uh, also, like Cody just couldn't lose normally. He had to have a shoulder injury, which he apparently got on the Shack match. He got he got in the match. Um, it was it. Who was it? He tagging him and Lee Johnson against the. Uh, Peter Avonlon and Cesar Benoni. He got he actually got that injury then. Yeah, right. but okay, so Benoni slammed him weird, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so okay. he landed also on a body slam. It's rumored that he's, he's working with a sort of like a party torn right at a cuff or something along those lines. Yeah. So, so why not? Which if if it means he's got to take time off TV, why not use this fucking match to just write him off like that? That spot they could have literally just wrote him off. Yeah. Uh, it, was too, it, was, it was too early in the match, mate. You weren't going to set the whole match. Yeah. It, it, I, it's something I criticised Charlotte Flair for, and it was the same fucking energy. 
We've got to, I like, I know we're all, well, AEW, me and Big Tasty, sorry, we're more marks and try annoy Troy about it all the time. But, um, like, if we say it about Charlotte, we've got to say it about Cody. We can't. Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I would, yeah. like, literally, we, we even said on the live stream, same energy as Charlotte Flair, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it is literally like, and it's some fun. It's something that Dusty was criticised for as well, like when he was booking WCW and the NWA, that he he made himself the hero. And Cody's doing just fucking that. Yeah. Um, uh, I gave yeah. it four out of five. Gotcha. It would have got, it would have got five, but Cody. Actually, <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have the big announcement of the new signing. Um, so we have a podium, we have a countdown, and then we get Christian's music from TNA. Christian Cage's music from TNA. Oh we have my. the countdown from TNA as well, like the same yeah. noise from the countdown. Everything. Oh, I marked out so much. And that, he doesn't do much. He just comes in the ring, stands. He grabs, comes out with the contract, stands in the ring, signs it, gets on the turnbuckle, looks for his peeps. How many of them there, mate? It's COVID, you know. No. Um, this is the only non-match that I gave like a rating for, and I broke my own. Call me Melzer because I broke my own star system. Six star. <laughs> Why'd you give that six stars? Six stars because the, the, because I, I genuinely popped like a motherfucker at work. <laughs> Fair. Like, like I didn't have a clue who it was. <laughs> there's a bus, there's a bus out there in Scotland with one of its wheels not screwed on properly because of Christine. <laughs> Yeah. What warning if you sit in a seat and it just comes off the rails? <laughs> just like looked over, like there was like a use syringe there, and he just didn't even didn't even see it. He's like, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your kids sit on that one, mate. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it was. I mean, it, obviously, it, it kind of got to the point where the internet sort of like worked the clues enough to sort of give at least some people an idea that of what it was going to yeah, be. Yeah, I- it was still pretty awesome when it happened. I'm not going to lie, you know. Yeah, the next morning, I watched it Monday during the day and I just refused to go on Facebook or Twitter, anything. Just stayed away from it all. Just kept the suspense of everything. The thing is as well, is that if it wasn't for the Royal Rumble, it wouldn't have given us that much buzz for him. No. No. They they got the free advertising off WWE as well. If uh, he hadn't have come back in the Rumble, I would have so been good. questioning and looked so good, yeah. I would have been probably like questioning going, oh, is he still got it? Is he is he still capable of having like the matches he was he was having like before he retired? Seeing him for like what like twenty minutes in the rumble, I was like, Yeah, I'm I'm sold. <laughs> and I felt like, I mean we won't go into too much, too much into like the, the details next because we'll save that for like the news podcast on the weekend, but uh, it's, it's, it seems like a lot of the um the reason for him coming to AW was because A the opportunity to to perform like Taron performing consistently and B the opportunity to work with young talent was they were his two big sort of things he wanted well, when he when he came in. He he's already said he wants to be wrestling regularly, hasn't he? Which is yeah. awesome. He's been having he's been having chats with boxing as well, apparently that was a big a big sway for him. So mm. yeah. welcome to Christian. Christian Cage, the instant classic is all of it. They actually call yeah. him Ask as well, which is fucking beautiful. Okay, can we bring back Tomko as well? I, no. my, my first, my first words out of my mouth when I saw him was, "Does this mean we're getting Christian's coalition?" 
what, what's no, Tonka retired in 2018 he's uh, oh, Scott Steiner can come back for it though he was in right. Christian's coalition for a bit so are we ready to talk about the street fight about Christian Cage's son Brian Christian Cage's son yeah. no, Christian Cage's nephew Brian <laughs> oh. he's the son of Christian's sister and a bottle of steroids <laughs> Like, oh, this this match was something else, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, I still don't know how I genuinely feel about it. I mean, I it's, it, it, it start it starts off, and we're in we're in the Fast and the Furious because it starts off black and white, and then Brian and Ricky get into like a fucking lime green Lamborghini, and the the camera goes like through the oh my god, it goes like through the car. I don't know how they did that. How how far away was this drive? That it was daylight when they left, and then when they got there, it was. Pure pitch darkness. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it starts off with like so Darby and and Cage getting to like a Lambo. It looks like a Lambo. I don't know what cars, but it looks like Land Green. It looks like a sports car, and they drive off like Fast and Furious style. Um, Darby's got a sick jacket on. It looks insane. It's got like rhinestone. It's on the back. Cage looks like a killing machine. Um, stings. In his like, they do this really cool thing, don't they? Where, like, see, like, Sting skip was like a Ford F 150 dad truck and he turns the radio up and it's Darby's theme music. Yeah. Which is yeah. That, that was really cool. And then, like, you see Sting starts driving and Darby's like somewhere else and he starts skating and they come together on like it's deserted, like, Main Street and Darby like hits it on the back of the truck and like skates on his skateboard. And that was, I loved that. It, I thought that was super cool. It, it, it was literally just like a music video from <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was expecting like an AFI song to start breaking out or something. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, I, I felt like I was watching the crow. Uh, I think that's what we were going for, mate. To be fair, so uh, they've done all right. Yeah. Uh, so then we get into a warehouse, and there's a. Is this? I got I got strong moose for EC three. Um, flashbacks at the start of this because you've got a yeah. an army of like guys wearing like sting face paints just surrounding the ring, which. It's a bit odd when the faces have like the numerical advantage. Yeah, it was strange that like Taz even stays on commentary. Two versus twenty seems fair. Oh, and, 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 and again, yeah. he's got a point. Yeah, I mean they started arguing about oh, but it's okay when Team Taz fight them and all that shit. They're it's the like, heels. They're meant to do yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. Anyway, so okay doing a murder on them to like start with um, like brutally some, some brutal shit on some of them uh, then Darby starts going after him I mean I'm not, I can't even I can't even attempt to, to sort of work through this match there's, there's... yeah there's so much going on so yeah. there's a couple of cool things that we, we've not touched on yet first off Sting and Darby had matching face paint which is awesome yes that was really cool where like Darby had Sting makeup like half the face was Sting makeup ah. the other half was like a smudged skull like Darby's <laughs> Um, the ring, the ring apron. Uh, sorry. The, oh yeah, there's the a ring in this one. We didn't mention that. There's a, there's yeah, a, there's a ring in the, the ring in the warehouse, and the canvas on the ring had Sting and Darby's faces, like sort of on it. Did, I was still confused as to whereabouts it was because if you look behind the ring, it looked like it was just in an alleyway, but it was inside in a warehouse. You know, it was like a long. Like warehouse, like it was. It, was it wasn't. Like, it wasn't on the ground floor. It was on like the first floor. So it was like on a balcony, sort of thing. Right. 
looked like an old mill or something. Yeah, well, do they have mills in America? It's just in Victorian England. It's not in Manchester. It's not a mill every fucking five yards. <laughs> they, they still, they still have like a textile mill and something. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. So one of the don't just fucking knit them themselves. <laughs> just, just knit them. Oh, so one of the cool spots I liked from the start was that was it Derby ended up like screwing up a wall and then like hitting a coffin drop. Yeah, that was awesome. Which was really cool. Um, so there's a, a bit earlier where like stink. So it, they pair off pretty pretty early on. So all, all the all the, the stink gimps get fucked off like fairly early. Um, and then you've got Sting paired up against Ricky Starks and Cage and Derby. And uh, we used to talk about like um, Sting and Derby are fighting. Sting and uh, Ricky are fighting, and Ricky's like, "Oh yeah." You know, you, you need that bat to beat me up or something. He's like taunting Sting, like needing a baseball bat. So Sting just like fucking eats the baseball bat out up into the stratosphere. Yeah, and proves that he he can just do it with his fists. And then they stay have a little fight. Um, Darby gets thrown through a door that says like not a staircase or something. Not fucking a hell, man. Um, yeah. which is dangerous because you know that's not a staircase. What I don't know what's behind. So anyway, he gets, I... thrown, he gets thrown into like the stairwell, um, like an old disused stairwell. And then Ricky Star um Brian Cage just picks him up. Like a vertical suplex and just carries him for flight of stairs. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's vertical. Like he's nothing. Yeah. And then at the top of the stairs is just a trash can, so he just slams it through that. Looks that'll do. Um, yeah. <laughs> which was great. Um, and then he just kicks him up a bit. So then we get um, Sting and Ricky are in a different location. And all of a sudden, you've got um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Hook are getting involved. And then they're sort of wailing on Sting. Powerhouse Hobbs are the Balakar. Flav run like he was uh, the Zodiac killer joining Team Taz. Yeah, he had like a bright orange balaclava, which is pretty dope. Um, the um, uh, bit um, just after he breaks the door off the hinges. No, sorry, it's sorry, I'm Emma. Oh, I'm so lost on where we are on this track, man. There's that much happening. It's, it's such a dense match, isn't it? There's so uh, much. There's well, so much going on in this. Um, so, so Sting gets double themed, like. And then Darby comes in to make the save on like Hobbs and Hook, and then Chaos Cage rocks back into all four and come back together. Um, Cage slams Sting into a wall. Um, then all of Taz just grab Darby and like sort of like whoa, you know like when your uncles are pissing about you and you go like a whoa and they grab your hands and feet yeah like, whoa Hobbs and Cage they just lash him through a big glass window <laughs> that's just leaving like a, it's like an old like a fort window just leaning against the wall and he just goes right through that into the wall yeah he goes right through it and in the frame of it like because it got pushed back it like he sits forward because he's just been put through glass. And yeah, just hit someone the back of the head on the way down as well. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> then Cage is Cage is wailing on Sting with like a snow shovel. Um, and then Darby appears from above and like throws Stinger's bath. And Sting, to be that's a it was a pretty dope catch. Like Sting just snapped it out of the air. Uh, yeah. also, How many takes do you reckon that happened? Oh God! I, mean, <laughs> I will say, I mean, obviously this match was pre-recorded and it was recorded over a number of days. Um, yeah. but still Sting his movements and this looked really I know he was having a good breather between the scene but every time he moved he looked good he looked smooth he looked fairly fairly quick from you know for a man of his of his age yeah yeah no, he could look like he was still obviously the cinematic match helped but it looked yeah. like he could still go easily so Sting gets the bat he, he hits Cage with it he gets Cage bent over he hits him over the back with the bat the bat breaks and um, then he picks up the shovel, smacks him across the head with that. 
Um, then as he's getting wailed on, he's sort of towing between like the two sides of the balcony. There's like a big wooden like board. Like, but I don't know what it is. It's like a big thing. Yeah, like all of a sudden, just Darby and Cage go flat. Well, Darby goes flying. Yeah, so Cage changes Cage, Cage, Cage laser out on his board after Sting beats on him, and then from like the from, like two stories above, Darby just drops an elbow. Like, it's literally we are Sting through his bat up and then got thrown back to him from. Yeah. And like, I don't even know. I didn't even see the gap in between, and then they just disappear. <laughs> Yeah. They just plummet basically. <laughs> and it, you'd think like, oh, the match will be like quickly over. The match still goes for like another five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. As, as this is happening, uh, Ricky Starks and Sting are making their way back towards the ring. You get in the ring, someone who is definitely Sting hits a Canadian destroyer. To <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. No, not, not a stunt double. It, was it a Canadian? Was it a Canadian destroyer, or was it like more of a reversal into like a sunset flip? Like those it was, more it, was, it, was, it was a flippy slammy thing. Mm. I think it was more of a sunset flip bomb. To be fair, like a code. Yeah. Like, it was more like a code red one. I think. Mm. See, I thought it was more just a sunset flip. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it probably felt like a code red <laughs> when he was doing it. If it was sting, um, yeah. So Ricky Starks um, dodged Sting a flash to the corner. He then hit a really nice spear on Sting. He goes for... Oh, no, he goes for a pin. Then does he go for Rochambeau after that? But Sting sort of wiggles out. Yeah. Sting hits him with a scorpion death drop. And let's go for one, two, three. Um, there's, uh, it's worth mentioning. I'm not going to talk about specific box again, but um, there was that really cool camera shot they did where like, it went like the whole length of the room in one go. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's really hard to describe. It was like really, it was this was this was shot in like a super cinematic style. I um, I think this might have been my favorite cinematic match because of the way it was shot. It was very like Robert Rodriguez, wasn't it? It was very like yeah. very I, stylized. Oh, well, obviously, Darby's not, got a pass. Like got a degree in. No, he dropped out. He said he dropped out of film he school. Dropped out. Yeah, and, but um, they let him. They let him produce and direct this match. There you go. He dropped out of film school to watch uh, Sin City like five hundred times in a row. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it felt it felt very much like like that. Yeah, um, as I say, I've, I've mentioned already The Crow, which is one of my favorite films, um, and it was shot like similar sort of lighting and stuff like that, and obviously similar settings in like a warehouse, um, and it's got Sting who has the crow makeup on. Yeah, <laughs> but, but no, it, I just, it, it, I just it, thought the sh- the way it was shot was really cool, and it was really different from anything else like we've really seen. Yeah, I mean, we're like we're like a year into cinematic matches now, and this still felt fresh and like different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in in a kind of a year where there's been a lot of cinematic matches and not all of them have landed, I felt like this one visually was the most impressive. Because it was shot like an actual film, it looked the most professionally shot. Like in terms mm. of, it felt like a, it literally felt like a film. Like, yeah, it, they, they had it. Like they used like really decent cameras and they shot it at like, the right, like you know, rate, like frame rates and, and everything. And they, and they clearly had, they clearly had like um, a lot of sort of like camera mechanisms as well. Like obviously the. They obviously had like the what the camera that was like sliding across the I ceiling. Think, I think they must have used like drones for some of it. You know, like. Mm. Maybe using drone cams or 
bits and props like that. But yeah, it was it was it was really cool. It was good to see Derby get a chance to to sort of show his creativity off as well, which is which is really nice. He's a you know he's an asset to the company when he can be using capacities like this as well as as, as a wrestler. So yeah, but also, also team ties look great coming out of this as well. Yeah, no one's no one like everyone got the licks in and everyone looked strong. Uh, you know, like a lot a lot of people um, were probably writing off the fact that team Taz were gonna like come out with this looking good at all like because they weren't gonna it was guaranteed they weren't gonna win um but i think they looked really impressive ricky starks is like we say we say it all the time ricky starks is the future of this company yeah but i think this was like his kind of moment which really solidified that he is a star i think they're gonna get a big feud now as a thank you for this work they've done with sting and derby I wouldn't be surprised if Starks went into like a few. Well, I think Starks is going to take the belt off Derby. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if Starks ended up having a feud with Christian first. That'd be, I'd be interested with that. That'd be, that'd be fun to see. Yeah. Or somewhere I'd, down the line, I'd be down with that. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I gave I gave this the same as a ladder match, four stars. Yep, solid, absolutely great. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. Let's end this podcast with a bang, not a wimple, lads. I mean, in fairness, the match was really good. The match was fantastic. The match itself was brilliant. The bollocks afterwards, not so much. The Aaron's, itself, Aaron's got really. a Aaron's got a face like a smackdown, you know, because this wasn't uh, Aaron, this wasn't two Aaron, uh, this wasn't two untrained nut jobs being in each other like Jesus in five minutes. No, the thing is, I oh, I feel like I expected more. I like I the fact. What, what do you want more of? I don't know. Do you want to like use a fucking limp? <laughs> I just, I really expected more from this match. I and mean, I don't mate, know I, John Moxley paradigm shifted Kenny Omega off the apron into a board full of barbed wire that then exploded. But, one yeah. of the two boards, and it was the other board that exploded. But I digress. Um, you do the fucking spot, then. I'll do the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I will do the spot. Right. Let's get it. Let's get a barbed wire board. I'll paradigm shift as a babes through an exploding barbed wire board. Um, yeah, just in case you, you, you're, you're aware, we are now talking about the main event, which was Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for TNA. Um, TNA. Sorry, the, TNA. The, the AEW title. Um, I mean, the ending was very TNA. The ending was very TNA. And Tony Khan forgot the air um, explosion, so we had to go down the petrol station. That's what he could do with 25 bob. <laughs> um, this was the exploding Bardwire deathmatch. Oh, okay. um, man, they, they built this up so well. So they had a really cool video package to start with. Um, the shot, like the whole, all of Moxie's entrance was just my favourite thing. So everything about it. So he walked in, they have the crowd, he was walking close to the crowd. They, they put Moxie's entrance back with the crowd just makes such a difference. You know, it feels so... Just having the crowd near him makes it seem so much better. Um, Moxie had yeah. his, like, uh, his little hip flask. He was like sort of psyching himself up. He was doing a few little shots. He did, the, he did that Sushi Onita's entrance. Yeah. That was it. That was like literally at Sushi Onita's entrance, which is cool. Um, um, Kenny Omega came out with like... Very little fanfare. It was business. It was business, Kenny tonight. There was no. Yeah, no, no fucking about with big long intros for Aaron today. It was uh, the it was the, it was the cleaner tonight. 
it was it was a proper cleaner, and I was all for it. Kenny actually had a, t- a white T-shirt on, like with this match promoted on it, which was pretty cool. Um, which you can buy on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah so Callus um, goes over on commentary, and he said it was a. Actually, <laughs> Callus says it's, just, it's a great night to die. It's just like okay, Callus is off to the races straight yeah. away. And like one one of the first things he says on commentary is. I don't know if we're far enough back, guys. Little nervous. JR goes, Well, you should know. You designed it, you said. And then they're arguing about. They just argue, basically, a lot. It's interesting that JR said on commentary on the show that Callus designed it. Well, he says that Callus says he designed it himself. He saw the building it, or, in the promos. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. What I mean is, is that. Um, in the press conference after uh, as well, Tony Khan like kind of used that as their get out of jail free card. Which but I think it was, is, it was I shit. Think, I think that's the right way to go about it, to be fair. It, it's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they planned for it like no. that at all. It, I, a lot of people who were, were, invo- were involved in it have said it was a malfunction that caused it um, to look like it looked, which we'll get to, but yeah, so, yeah. so, so how the match works is to the, the ropes are all wrapped in barbed wire, the ropes are also linked to explosions. So, if someone hits the ropes, explosions go off. Um, there's barbed wire boards in like all the corners, there's three areas outside which are barbed wire platforms that have got explosions. They say landmines, other than they're not, they're probably just like I don't know, little fireworks or whatever. Mm. Um, so and after 30 minutes of the match hasn't ended, everything explodes. Well, allegedly, um. So, we start off, and it's for the most part they just have a really decent wrestling match inside a Broadway ring. I I like the fact that they built up tension for when the when the first like thing was going to happen. Considering like I, I to prepare myself for this, I watched them um, Atsushi and Ita versus uh, Hayabusa in an exploding barbed wire steel cage match, and literally within like about two minutes. They've got the first explosion, so then once once you get the first one, then it's you start like instantly desensitizing yourself to it. Yeah, like but the, the first the rest the, do as well. Yeah, the first touch of barbed wire was not for some time, which was about, it was like, about a ten minute mark. They even go outside as well, like the uh, most clotheslines Kenny on the stage, and then they start fighting on the stage before they even start even touching the barbed wire as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first person oh yeah so it starts out with um, Moxie has the barbed wire baseball bat hits Kenny with it on the stage um, Moxie's got a kendo stick and then uh, but Kenny's got like um, blinding powder hasn't he got pockets yeah. on which he throws in Moxie's eyes that's how Moxie gets Kenny into the first bit of barbed wire so that explodes and Moxie sells it, and it looks good. And Moxie sells it well, like the, the ropes themselves, when they, they worked really well. Um, Omega goes for the cover, Moxie kicks out. Omega goes after him with the kendo stick. Um, Moxie, obviously, I don't know if he gigs or whether he generally got caught by the wall, but he probably gigged and it was probably a play job. Um, Mox comes up and he's, ble- he's really bleeding. <laughs> he's uh, He's got blood all over him. <laughs> And then Moxie gets the barbed wire chair and sort of rakes it. Oh, yeah, he's raking it across Kenny. Um, 
then Mega shoves him into like a barbed wire board, which is wrapped, in, which is in the corner. Um, Moxie's really bleeding at this point. Uh, there was a really cool. When was the? When was the? Um, there was a moment where like Mock Kenny had him in like a um, submission move. Was it the fourth? Uh, it was the bigger four. And then yeah. Moxie just got the barbed wire chair and just started like raking it across him to try and to break out of it, which was really cool. Is- yeah. Um, yeah, so then, he kicked out. He kicked out of that as well, didn't he? And kicked Kenny into the ropes. Yeah, after. then kicked then kick Kenny into the ropes. So Kenny hits the second rope that explodes, and then he he comes back and then Mox kicks him again. He flies up again and they blow up again, uh, which is cool. Um, and then he gets a exploder suplexed into the board, which is a very scary, scary landing on it as yeah. well. Yeah, that was yeah. Like, into, into the barbed wire board. Yeah. That was when Mox's like shirt got ripped off him, basically, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then Mox slam, side slams on Mega into the barbed wire chair, and then that's when the chair gets a caught on Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it gets too attached to him. Like, he has to start peeling away at it. So then Mox goes back to the well from the Eddie Kingston match. He takes over the barbed wire, wraps it around his arm, uh, looking for the clothesline. Uh, hits him at the clothesline. Um, then Kenny comes back, Snapdragon's him, B trigger, mocks it to him with a big stiff clothesline. Then they, they're out. Then they're, they're out on the ropes. Oh no, Mox is looking for a paradigm shift. Kenny shoves him into the ropes to blow up another explosion. Um, then any water from the ref? Yes, Kenny asks, oh, but just to talk to you, you should point out very briefly, <laughs> Bryce Remsberg at this point is in like a flame retardant <laughs> suit with like a visor. Um, but the best yes. one I saw on Twitter was just um, Remsberg is sus. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like an Among Us character. Which was great. Um, yeah, so Bryce is giving Kenny some water to rinse his eyes out. Then um, they get onto the apron. They've got the barbed wire board beneath them. After a little bit of back and forth, Mox gives Kenny a paradigm shift off the apron through the board. Uh, it looks a bit like Mox caught the worst because he hits like most of the board wire. But he goes right into like the edge of one. Yeah. And it seems awkward and he gets stuck and he's there for a while as well before he gets out. <laughs> yeah, well, like because Kenny landed on it, but he rolled through. Yeah. Whereas like Mox, like, was just. Fucking stuck he was, to the. He was literally jammed right in the middle of the board. <laughs> yeah. So then they get back in the ring. Um, Moxie's got barbed wire wrapped around his hand. He just sort of leathering Omega with punches. And there's like a weird noise comes up, and everyone's like wondering if that. We were wondering if that was the, the timer, didn't we? Because we lost track mm. of what was going on. And they said, no, that was a 10 minute warning. So we're 20 minutes in. 10 minutes to go till, till total explosions. Um, Mox with a sick pile driver. Um, yeah, he got some height on there. Um, and then Omega comes in with death by V triggers. Yeah, yeah. He, he low blows Moxley to catch a breather, and he hits his two V triggers to yeah. give him the space. Then a one winged angel. Um, so this is this was pretty cool. So he hits a one winged angel. And then goes for the pin, and then Moxie puts his foot on the rope to break the pin. So, but obviously that makes the ropes explode, yeah. which throws Kenny <laughs> off off the pin. Oh, has mental. Yeah, yeah, blink again, I think that was a good way to protect the move as well. Yeah, yeah. by having Mox do it that way. 
Kenny um, Sanchez as if like something's blown into his face and like he, he kind of covers his face as if he's been like you know attacked hit by something. Then um, the good brothers come out. Moxie's got the barbed wire bat. He hits him with the bat. Um. Oh yeah, they bring a bat out, don't they? They bring the bat out. They bring like, another bat out. This is like this is like the, the secret weapon, and this this was fucking super cool as well. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, Omega just leathers marks like square in the chest with his barbed wire bat, and as it hits him, it explodes. Just like, yeah. all of a sudden, you see the sparks that's be exploding on Moxie's bare chest, which is like <laughs> insanity. <laughs> so good. So that, that's good for yeah. a two count for some reason. <laughs> that's not even the finish. No, no, and then so after that, that's I mean, that's basically the end of the match. After that, then Gallows and Anderson give him a beat down, and then Kenny gives uh Mox a warming danger through a chair, just you know, because why not? And um, that's just for the extra bit of oomph, yeah, that's, that's, that's good, that's good for the win. Three count, uh, Kenny retains, yeah, that's all brilliant. Like, yeah, that's um, that was a perfect, then, then the show match. ended and it was all fine. And then, and yeah, they rolled um, the credits, and uh, there, there we go, yeah, that's, that's the review. Uh, no, um, obviously, we have to talk about roll, roll, roll the credits, curb your enthusiasm music. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it probably should have been curb your enthusiasm as music, to be fair. Um, because after the match, um, Omega and the Good Brothers handcuff Mox in the ring, break the handcuffs. So which... it's, it's, it's worth noting the, Mox, the match ended about 27 minutes, so you're three minutes till the explosions go off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Mox, gets, Mox, Mox gets handcuffed, which then instantly breaks, so his hands aren't even bound. Yeah, so they just end up wailing on him with the bat. Um, and then, as like a minute's left, Eddie Kingston and the Butcher and the Blade come out. Well, first of all, Ken, make Ken, Ken, Kenny does a runner because and Callister a runner because it's about to explode. Yeah. Um. And yeah, um, Kingston then goes in the ring, and he basically tries to like get Mox out. Mox is just dead in the middle of the ring, so he covers him, um, covers him up, and then, um. Sparklers come from the ring posts. Well, it's worth no, no. That the so like the explosion, it right, well, the explosion was shit. Um, some yeah. the build up to it was mental. Like the music and the the build up, I was so hype. I was like, oh my god, like this is gonna be fucking insane. But like the the, the, the Terry Funk thing, the the um, the things that was like underneath the covering Terry Funk, like in yeah, yeah. that that really it was very spot. much was the exact same thing. Nice yeah. little callback. Um. So yeah. when. Uh, Explosion and quotation points happens. Uh, Tony Tony finishes it off with a banger where he goes, You can feel the heat from all those bombs at the end. Oh, this heat, Tony, but only <laughs> from the fireworks, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, all the heat's going from the fans, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Eddie Kingston sold it as if he'd like literally fucking. Weathered the grenade. I feel so sorry for Kingston because he didn't know he, he was face down on the mat. Moxie, yeah. Moxie, Moxie was selling, he was dead, he had his eyes closed. Kingston was face down. Like, neither of those guys knew what happened. They had to sell it as if like the world just ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, then like they shown like an overhead shot of both wrestlers being tendered on. After, after the show, Moxie cut a promo as Eddie Kingston was still getting treatment. Um, and 
it was just like, oh yeah, that was a shit explosion. Basically, Kenny basically, promising that Kenny Omega couldn't build an exploding ring for shit, and that you know, yeah, he, he thought that was going to take him out, and he was sorely mistaken, etc., etc. All that nonsense. It was just a good save from Oxy, a good audible from Oxy to sort of send the fans home. Look, Mafia, you know, the guys who are in the, the people who are actually in the in the arena. And yeah, then, I mean, if they hadn't have if they hadn't have addressed it there and then, I think they would have got a lot more flack than yeah. they did. Then if Mox is saying like, oh, Kenny can't make fucking exploding rings, then what actually happened to Eddie Kings then? That's what they have to address. I, Kings, because he's got a promo saying like he, he just passed out because of like the, the fear or something. And like yeah. some, sort of, some sort of trauma from his childhood or something. Kingston like, can just say, like, he could say he was just in a, a state of shock from what I've done. He, he can just say when he was a kid, like, saw his friend get blown up or something. And, you know, he had a flashback and it made him pass out. And, and, he, had a horrible, he, and he had a horrible childhood and all that. He'll just do kings and things, he'll be fine. Um, but I got, I was so, that, that was such a, it was such a great moment when, when Kingston ran in. Like, it really, obviously, with, with the, the horrible feud they had, like, earlier in like, last year, uh, for Kingston to turn back and, and come out to save him, I thought was, that was, that was, it could have been my moment of the year. If the, if the explosions had been good, it would have been right up there. On, it, was, on it, was a, a, it was a beautiful bit of storytelling. It really was. On a lighter note, though, I say a lighter note, on a higher note, I should say, do you think this means we're getting Kingston versus Omega as the next few? Absolutely, and I'm 100% here for it. I'd, I'd be fucking well excited for that, to be fair. Um, just for the promos alone. Eddie Kingston just tearing the back out of it, of uh, Kenny Omega for being a fucking weeb. Um yeah, but we, we we just need a um, we just need a promo on um, this week's dynamite where Kenny Omega has a go at Nakazawa for raw in the ring up wrong does Yeah, I mean, like as I say, Tony Khan's already said it's going to be moved to a, it's going to be like part of the storyline. Yeah, uh, give it doubt, give it doubt, just blame Nakazawa. That's what they do whenever someone blocks. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I mean, I, I don't like comparing WWE and AW for this for stuff like this, but. I feel like I feel like them sort of saying they're going to incorporate it into the storyline is like a cooler development than what we would have probably got from WWE. Um, I'm again, I, I, I feel like, like WWE I, would have just brushed it under the rug and acted like it was fucking better than it was. I don't like. I don't like to make obviously. I don't have to appreciate anyone. Um, and I, I, you have to accept, even as someone who's a big fan of AW, they they, they kind of fucked the end of this paper a little bit. Obviously, with the explosion, was was a big source, and it was really shit. And, it, I, and, and yeah. some people on the internet are going on like this was a war crime, and like how they they need they demand a refund because they paid for an exploding there's, death match and they didn't get it. There's and people on the internet who were acting like this is going to be the death of AW, and those people are fucking idiots. Yeah, um, I mean, don't it, get me wrong. It was don't get me wrong. It was shit. We all laughed our asses off. I, I didn't really care. It was like it was five in the morning. I was really tired. I had had a few beers. <laughs> yeah. We all had a we all had a good laugh about it. And then we went to bed, and it was it was an, it was a perfectly acceptable night. Um, Brian Alvarez made a really good point on social media the other day, and he said, "Don't forget, we're mad at AEW with this because something went wrong. When we're mad at WWE, it's because something's gone exactly how they intended it to go." Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Also, if you want to get mad at fucking, if you want to get mad about this, then you've kind of like discrediting what Kenny and Mox actually put their bodies through. Yeah, none of the people involved, none of the wrestlers involved in this pay per view had anything to do with that ring knocks. Yeah, it was literally. It's a. It sounds like. It sounds like it was a technical malfunction. These things happen in entertainment all the time. It's just unfortunate it happened when it happened. Blame Cody. 
he stole all the pyro for his entrance. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it is what it is. So, yeah, that's that's the show. A, a really good final match. A really brutal final match. Um, uh, including the finish, I gave it four out of five. Okay, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd say that's fair. I'd maybe go a little higher. I'd maybe go a little higher. Maybe go four, four, four to four and a half, depending on if you, if you, how... Because the finish was... I, the, fin- the, the explosion was after the bell. So Yeah. yeah. The I, match I, itself I, was excellent. Bell to, be- bell to bell, I'd go four and a half because I think I think they did everything they could in the context of, a, of a, an exploding bomb by death match on a mainstream wrestling version. You, yeah. you know what bothered me is their unsanctioned match at Phil Gear. Like, I would, I love that match so much. And I yeah. expect more from this match. I would say the unsanctioned match was better as a match. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, the unsanctioned match, though, the... I, I think with the way they played it with the explosions was good because it was like building anticipation for when it was going to happen. Whereas the unsanctioned match, it was literally a case of, oh, fuck, how, how's he, how he going to top that? Oh, my God, he's bringing out a board with mouse traps on. How's he going to top that? Oh, Kenny's got a fucking spiderweb made out of barbed wire. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they, have, they, have, they have to rein it back. They have to use less to do it, more. It was a was... different... It, yeah, it was a different kind of story, whereas... This one, they kind of knew exactly what the, the climax of the match was going to be, or like the worst possible well, thing. This, they could this was do all about this, this, match, this match was all about like spatial control and like using your opponents against themselves. So yeah. Like, my, and, and I will say it's going to be hard for my spot of the year. It's going to be hard to beat Kenny Omega getting thrown off a one-way danger pin by the ropes exploding because of a rope break. Mm. That was fucking cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, okay, then, guys. Um, do you want to? Should we do our highs and lows first? Well, who, who, uh, who won? Who won the predictions? No, uh, so Jay won the predictions. Six, six, five. Jay got six. Everyone else got five. Uh, yeah, he just snuck got it. it. He, he snuck it. He I, snuck it. Shit, I was going to be there. Two, two pay per views on back to back now, lads. <sighs> remind you that. Yeah, um, yeah. This is the start oh, of a streak. So yeah, um, Jay, then Mr. Champion. What was your um? What were your ups and downs? Um, see, there was a lot of really good stuff on the show. Like, I don't, I don't think the show is getting enough credit as it should because of the ending. And it, it is what it is. It's, it's shit, but that's that, what it is. Like, it's an analogy that everyone hates to admit, but Vince McMahon did say it. Everyone remembers the finish. It's, mm. it's an analogy that doesn't just stick with wrestling, though. It's an analogy that, like, um. To, to bring it to video games, Mass Effect Three, Game of Thrones, yeah, Game of Thrones, Ma- Mass Effect Three is one of, like one of the best games I've ever played. To the last ten minutes when the ending's absolutely insulting, I'm like, oh fuck you. Um, but the actual gameplay before that was awesome, and the story before that was awesome. It was just that last ten minutes, um, and unfortunately, that's what sticks with you. So I can I can see the analogy. It's um, but for me, I'd say my high point was probably. The cinematic street fights thing and Derby versus Team Taz. I I just loved everything about it. I loved the way it was shot. I loved Ricky Starks with his ridiculous rhinestone bulletproof vest. Um I loved the fact that they arrived in a fucking Lambo. I loved um Powerhouse Hobbs with this fucking orange balaclava looking like the Zodiac killer. Um I loved it. I loved all of it. It was so cool. It was such a different take on a cinematic match. 
And I feel like it was a really good star making performance for like guys like Ricky Starks and Darby Allen. Yeah. Uh, my low point. Do, do, do I need to ask? Uh, do I, do I need to, to ask what the low point? Had to be. <laughs> okay, Aaron, your take, mate. No, no, no. I think we're all in unison on the low point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my high point. I'll stick with my star ratings. Uh, Christian being revealed as. Or okay. Christian Cage being revealed as this man. Six, the six-star six six, six instant classic. The six-star instant classic, according to... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I got six points, so that could make me an instant classic. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna... um, um, if we're actually talking about matches, then I'll say the Battle Royal because it was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and... My my full are we doing full rains for sure? We'll do, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do them afterwards. Um, okay. So you, and you're on, you're on the down as the as the wet fart at the end, yeah. Yeah, the wet fart. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I will also have that as the down, obviously. Um, I, and I'm with Aaron. Actually, I'm going to say the battle royale for the highs because it was um, it was just up to half an hour of big dumb fun, which you know I, who doesn't like who doesn't like that? Yeah. How do you make a pay per view better? Just stick a royal rumble in the middle of it. You know yeah. why not? Yeah, always love a good old uh, Royal Rumble. Right, ratings out of 10 in James. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I, I thought when it was good, it was really good. But there was a couple of bits like um, the ladder match for me. Obviously, the Cody stuff in the middle like really took away from that. Um, so it, it was a bit, it would have got a bit of a lower match rating for me just because of that. Um, and also, I thought that Chuck and Orange vs. Me, your own kit could have easily been off the show. Okay. And it was a long show as well. It was like. And it was a long three, show. It was three hour 45 by the end. Yeah. So if you had to took that match and Cody fucking <laughs> deciding whether he was doing the fucking Wolf of Wall Street out the car to the fucking entrance to the ring, <laughs> um, you could have probably shaved off at least 15 minutes of that and I would have got to bed sooner. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what's yours? Scores on the doors, mate. Um, well, I tallied up my stars and even them out and all that, and it came to eight out of ten. Okay. Like it was a solid card, obviously shit ending. I took a star off the match for it, but everything else was. I think the lowest thing star wise was two and a half stars. That was the first match. So. Yeah. And I think you're harsh on that one, to be fair. So. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, yeah, uh, I'm going on with Aaron as well. I'm going to say it. Uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was a super solid pay per view. Um, unfortunately, I think the ending is going to preclude it from being mentioned at the end of the year when we talk about best pay per views, which is a shame because on its on its work rate and on its on its content, it definitely deserves to be up there. However, you know, it's going to be you're not going to pitch it. I don't think it's becoming a bit of a meme, isn't it? It's a, it's, a, it's a grand shame because as we said, it wasn't everyone on the card did a great job, and it wasn't their fault that a button didn't wire right or whatever, and now all their work gets gets laughed at because people are dickheads. But hey, it was it was a great show. I enjoyed it. I have never I paid we we picked me up. Me and Jay paid full price for it on the night. Um, I have no regrets about the price I paid for that pay per view. I got more than enough entertainment out of it. I had a great time. Um, bring on yeah. Dynamite this week where we find out the fallout and to see where the, obviously we've AEW do this thing really well where they they always they're always opening new doors and putting new threads together and you're always excited to see where things are going to go. So there's loads of gonna be loads I, of that going forward. I've, I feel like as well, double or nothing. Like, look at all out, and then look at full gear. 
like all out before this this show all out was like easily the worst show they'd had mm. and it was again it wasn't for any anything other than the fact that there was just like a few bits where like there was obviously the Mahardy thing where that kind of sucked the life out of everything yeah. um and then a month later, oh sorry, a couple of months later, they did full gear, and I thought it, I thought it was the best show they did last year. Yeah, and they really, really, really like came out of the fucking gates. I think I really and, like what I think I really like what AW is obviously because they only have four pay-per-views a year. Everyone feels like a storyline reset, like a new season. So it feels like we're going into Dynamite on Wednesday now with all these new possibilities, all these blank slates, and all these like new feuds. Like, what's Christian going to do? What's Paul White going to do? What's next for Sting? What's next for Darby? What's next for MGF? What's happened to be in a circle? Who's next at Omega? Is it Pac? Is it um, Kingston? What's Moxie going to do? How are they going to write him off? You know, it's, there's so many questions. That, and then I haven't even talked about in tag division or any of that. I don't know what's going to happen to all those tag teams. You know, so it's, it's yeah. literally, it's going to be, it's going to be a bang where we show on Wednesday, Phil. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm very intrigued to see who Christian fused with first. My heart wants Ricky Starks. My head saying it's probably going to be Cody because that's how these things pan out. <laughs> right. And on that note, we'll probably end it there. So make sure you do yeah. catch us later in the week when we will review that episode of Dynamite and let you know exactly what happened and what we thought of it. If you want to tell us what you thought of that episode of Dynamite or indeed this pay-per-view, James, where can they do that? Uh, we're on Facebook at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Uh, also YouTube, Untitled Wrestling Podcast. We do bits and bobs on there. Um, you can find us on our Discord channel Untitled Rest Pod and our Twitter at Untitled Rest Pod as well. Um, on our Discord, especially, we're very like communicative throughout the week, um, and we kind of put like any any announcements um, in regards to like Twitch streaming, uh, watch alongs, other st- other stuff like that. Uh, it, it's also a good way to kind of be able to join us on doing stuff like on Saturday night. We do our um, or like evening of gaming on Twitch. Social gaming, should we say? Social gaming, where we, it's kind of like an open invite. If anyone wants to play games with us, hit us up. We'll, we we'll always have, there are multiple people. It's just, never... just, just, well, there's yeah. always like eight or so of us. Uh, just watch out for Jackbox. Yeah. It gets very blue very quickly. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking, um, of, speaking of, um, Twitch as well. Things. Untitled oh, yeah. Rest Pod. Also, right, um, if, you want, if you want to watch Aaron do his Sonic Adventure playthrough amongst other things we've got up on there uh, Jane Troy you're doing, and Troy are doing Resi 5, Resi 5. and there's always a chance of hey, I'm going to sneak on there at some point you know when, when you're feeling fruity so yeah uh, speaking, um, of, speaking of Aaron Aaron can you tell me about um, beard and moustache products please mate and where I get some um, well well if you go to Big Tasty's sexy fucking uh, and eat Oh fucking hell, Ari, you've bitched already. What I was trying to tell you is if you went to fatchface.com, you could get a range of great beard products. So I'm talking beard oils, I'm talking brushes, I'm talking sets, I'm talking apparel, beanies, hats, t-shirts, the lot. Fatchface.com. You can use the code TroyXL85, you get yourself 20% off. And all the proceeds or some of the proceeds go to testicular cancer charities, so it's all for a good cause as well. Factspace.com. Check it out. Troy X Lake Five's code for twenty percent off. Also, what I think Aaron was trying to inadvertently tell you about is Topperbrewing.com, which is a website where you can go to get wrestling themed beers. Uh, and we can deliver them directly to your door. So check us out. Uh, we've got new beers looking all the time. Hope we've got some new ones coming up sometime next week. And we are doing a big build to WrestleMania now. We've got some special offers on there, so make sure you keep an eye on our social media for information about yeah. that. I think that's everything, guys. It's been just um, shy of two hours. Thing. Anything before one, anything else? Yeah. Any other business, Jay? 
one last thing. Um, our time of recording on this Saturday coming up, 13th of March, um, from 12pm midday UK time. Uh, I'm not too sure what time that'd be US time. Uh, I think it'd be like 7am, something like that. Um, we'll be doing um, a charity gaming stream for Leeds Cares, uh, Leeds Hospital Charity. Uh, you can donate at www.justgiving.com forward slash UWP Gaming. Um, really good cause uh, and it should be a really fun afternoon again. So Similar to what we do on a Saturday That's night. But afternoon, we're going to be doing it. It's finishing at midnight. Mm, I was going to say, similar to what we do on a Saturday night, but we'll be doing it all like from 12 till 12, basically. So that will be very, very fun. Feel free to join us for that and please do donate. Yep. Right, that's it. Yeah, so that's, that's everything, guys. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, yeah, two two hours on the bang on the nose. Um, sorry, Troy. Uh, we do try and keep it down. <laughs> but there's a lot to talk about. Um, so we've, there's a lot we've, to break down today. We've, we've covered all that. Um, yeah, we'll see you when we see you for the next bit of AEW content on the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Keep it real. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Let's have a go at WWE to finish this fucking podcast fucking review over, right? The fan was told to look. It says, I want to touch. That was, and it's, it's out of the balance. So yeah, you can look at you can't touch. Yada, yada. Uh, John Cena's going to be talking. Don't worry about it. Can't touch. <laughs> you can't touch. Right, that's it. I'm killing it. See you guys. You must love this podcast house and the Untitled Wrestling Podcast house.